What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Vintage and Stuff Podcast. Today I have my homie, Karen, the Thrift Lord. You guys probably all know him already. This is his second time on the show. Super stoked to have him back. And it's a good episode. We get into all the bid stitch questions, so stay tuned to the end for that. We talk about him buying his first house and what that was like. We talk about his continued success. Talk about the game and all the good shit that comes along with it. So, again, thank you for tuning in. If you guys want to support the show, go check out the Patreon. Link down below. Thank you for tuning in. vintage and stuff you were one of my first guests actually on the show and i remember recording it through the phone into a microphone super ghetto but that episode actually still has uh some of the highest views of any episode does it have the most or some of no you got beat you got beat (laughs) who beat me uh larry heller beat you what the fuck i don't know it might be only him but he's only been doing this for like two months. Yeah, exactly. He's new in the game. <laughs> he's hella new. <laughs> but maybe this episode will beat him out. So who knows? Probably. So I got to talk about type twos. Yeah, exactly. People love that shit. You, um, you and me are good friends. We chat all the time. I probably talk to you more than anybody I talk to in the game, to be honest. Really? Oh, except for my brother. There's not a lot of people I talk to too often, man, because uh, I like talking to you. You're a good guy. Yeah, we can talk a lot of shit. She looks clean, dude. For the most part, until in, until you get fucking fiery and go off the rocker. <laughs> I never do that. You. So everyone wants to talk. Everyone wants to hear about bid stitch. That's for fucking sure. So we're gonna save that for the end, guys. Stay tuned to the end because we're gonna get into all the questions everyone wants to hear from bid stitch. Um, but first, I want to I want to congratulate you, dude, on your on your sustained success in this business, man. Like, you know, you've been, I don't know, even how long, but five years in the game now? What year is it? 2021? 2021, buddy. 2021, 20. I didn't, I barely graduated high school, so I'm not good at math. Um, yeah, like six years. Six years in the game. And you've all, and like, it's you've been steady growing this whole time and you've grown to like a really in my eyes, a good place. It seems like you have a good business and a lot of your business is done behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, even though everyone knows you and you're like, you know, you're, you're one of the players on IG, but still most of your business is done behind the scenes. So congrats on that. I know. Thank you. It's kind of crazy. Like to think about, cause I feel like I'm so like well-known on Instagram, even though I like, I still sell, like I contact all of my, my buyers on Instagram. still. So. But I don't think I've sold a single piece on Instagram in so long. 
and I still like get so many DMs asking like how much like can I get that can I get that and I'm like I literally haven't sold anything on here in like two years like like a, like over like about a year so I mean I have my site so other yeah. than lives like it's been like a year year and a half almost two years since I've sold like a story sale type shit so question about that what are your dms look like are you like flooded are you like 300 deep that you haven't answered oh i'm probably thousands deep i don't i don't answer like my dms and so many people like i feel like i've become like known for that and i remember when i like lived in la and i still like did bins and i had a lot less followers i was like one of those people I, everyone goes to there's like phases and stages to, like instagram levels of like followers and everyone like everyone always starts off like oh i'm gonna answer every dm i'm gonna answer every unanswered like every uh request like i'm gonna answer all of them like i'm gonna make it a point and literally at one point like it's you can't and i definitely probably could but it would be like i would be sitting on my phone all day every day answering dms like if i do like a good enough post or like if i go on a rant or something i'll get two, three, 400 DMs in a night. And it's like, you want me to like answer all those? <laughs> like, yeah, that's I'll all answer, consuming, like, man. Yeah. And it's even like if my friends DM me, like I usually can't. And it's like, if I don't respond like that second within like a few hours or a day or two, it's, it's gone. Like it's I'm not buried. it. Yeah. Well, that, doing, have, like, doing, and that's better. It's better not to do business that way because doing business in the DMs is the fucking worst thing. It's so hard to keep organized. I can't believe some of these people that do it. There's no, there's no method. I to used it. to have so, I used to have so many screenshots of DM conversations on my phone, like for people's addresses and to know who bought what. And if like, I didn't get the, like, if I forgot to screenshot it, it was, it was curtains. Like I had to repost the piece on my story and say, who bought this? And if they never responded, like, it was done. Like I couldn't. Yeah. And if they gift, if they gifted me, like it's even more done. Cause then it like, I don't know what they bought. Like, I don't know who bought it. If they gifted it, like, it's just, you can't refund them. And then you have to wait months for them to be like, where the fuck is my shirt? And the whole time you're just like, I could not contact you because I've seen you post before. Like who bought this shirt? Hit me up. Cause you've lost yeah. the contact. And I have done that too, man. And I fucking hate it. I don't do it. I don't do business in the DMS anymore. That's, that's why funny. I like my, my uh, website so much. Yeah, so... It, like, organized everything. You, probably for, like, a year, you were crushing on these web drops, like, selling out super fast. You would do wholesale bundles on the site, too, selling out. And then you just went cold on it. Like, when was the last time you even dropped on your site? Uh, a few months. Like, six months. I'm still thinking if... Drew, you should help me. I'm trying to think of what to do with my site. Um, I don't know what to do with it. Cause I'm definitely paying for it and I can't, I'm not going to get rid of like owning www.thriftlord.com. Um, so I need to turn it into something. I want to turn it into like a gallery for like, now that I'm trying to sell to like <laughs> celebrities and shit, I want to turn it into like a gallery of who I've sold to. But, um, yeah, like, yeah, you could use, I mean, just as like a base calling card, have info on there. Yeah, almost like know, a business like card, except the website. Yeah. And especially posting all your like accolades, which is, uh put getting a t-shirt on a kardashian that's a big one like, that is that's a big one dude it's honestly crazy like and it's already like i got she wore some like uh we're talking about courtney kardashian for anyone that doesn't know um she like has worn something for me before but like that one like travis hit me up travis barker he hit me up 
and literally was just like, he hit me up on a Tuesday, I believe, and was like, I need these four shirts by Sunday. Like, they have to be in my hands before Sunday because Courtney's birthday was on Sunday. And he wanted two Cure shirts, one in her size, which is an extra small, and one in his size, which is like a, a medium-large. And then also two of the, like, literally, like, I had to end up getting the same shirt, like, two of the exact same shirt. Because he wanted the, uh, what was it? It was the Wish You Were Here Pink Floyd. And that shirt literally isn't, it's not made in a size small. Like, you're not, like, I could go for, like, a 70s, 80s one, but I don't think that's the one she wanted. She wanted the 90s Brockham one, you know, like, the main one. The pink, with the pink ALP kind of one? No, it's like the one. It has a big ass "Wish You Were Here" back hit, and it has like a guy in water, and it's like a oh blue yeah, graphic. yeah, yeah. It's like on a Brockham tag, and literally, like he he wanted that shirt, but one for him and one for Courtney. So it's four shirts total. And did you have I any of them already, or did you have to search them no, out? I had to find all of them, and I had to get all of them overnighted, and like to, straight to his house. So like I wasn't able. Because I've bought stuff personally for him and for Courtney like before, but I at least was able to get everything first and make sure everything's straight. But that one, I literally just had like I bought from people like well, actually, I bought from a couple people I trusted, but a couple people I didn't know, and I just had to like put my faith into that yeah. they would actually ship on time, actually overnight mm-hmm. it, and I I like name dropped and shit to like tell them like fucking make this happen because anyone's gonna be excited to get a shirt on Travis or Courtney, so. But, um, yeah, like, I couldn't find the shirt and it's not small. Like, I wasn't going to. And I ended up, like, I found Travis's stuff, like, instantly. And I found Courtney's Cure shirt in a tiny-ass size instantly. But that come as you are fucking stressed me out. Or wish you were here, sorry. Um, Yeah, and I ended up just buying a size large. And I was like, here, like, this is all I can get. To, I, this is all yeah. I can get her. Like, I'm not going to find it in anything else, let alone in two days. Like, I'm not going to find it. And she wore the Cure shirt, and I haven't seen the Pink Floyd yet, but so hopefully she wears it. Um, yeah. So, question have- about this: so, who who got you the Pink Floyd? Do you remember? Like, who did I buy it from? Yeah. Uh, the I got one from. I got one of them. The one I bought for Travis, but the one for Travis was smaller than the one I got for Courtney, so they might have switched them. But one of them came from a dude in LA or like in Cali. I don't remember his name. Yeah. Um, it's all good. And it uh, might have was, been worn, worn was this paper, a gift like, from oh you God. or did, did, was this a paid deal? No, I got paid. Okay. I, <laughs> I definitely made my money. Cause I know um, you, you have a relationship with Travis and yeah. you know, I don't know like your relationship exactly, but I know you guys talk a lot and um, you know, I had this actually as one of my, as one of my points on here, I want to talk about because you're now like, that's kind of your dabble into, I guess, personal shopping slash stylist, right? It's like a whole different realm of vintage dealer, really. Certain yeah. people fuck with it heavy, and there's certain dealers that like strictly go down that route. Um, it's a hard route to go down. Though. It's a hard route to go. You down. have to be so connected and so plugged, and like I'm very early stage. I know there's people like Kelly who are just like fucking crazy connected, but it's like again, Kelly's like your age, so it's just like. If I give myself 20 years, I mean, I'm sure I can get to that point. But yeah, I mean, I feel lucky enough to where I've gotten shirts on with quite a few celebrities and I've sold face to face to quite a few celebrities. 
but I have a very different relationship with Travis. Like I could hit him up right now and like talk to him about his day and he might not like sit there and converse with me for an hour, but like we could definitely go back and forth for a little bit. And he's super respectful. He's super dope. He's real nice. Like he's never asked anything for free. Like definitely gets busy and it's kind of hard to communicate with him sometimes. Um, Fair enough though. But I mean, fucking he's Travis Barker. Like what can you really expect? And I've gotten like, I'm in contact like with his uh, assistant and she's real nice. And so like, I've kind of figured out how to maneuver the two of them to where I don't have to annoy Travis. And I also get what I need to get. (laughs) That's so much better. Yeah. Travis is like, find me these shirts. And then you're like, send the invoice to the assistant, get paid. That's like a perfect scenario. That's exactly what happens is like, he pretty much, he just tells me what he wants. And I always ask for details and I never get any details <laughs> at all. And I literally just kind of make it happen with as fast as I can. And then I text the assistant and I'm like, Hey, Travis got this, 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 and this, it came out to this much. And five minutes later I have money. So it's nice. like perfect, but I've dealt with so many celebrities that are just so like disrespectful and just like rude and, entitled and like they want shit for free they want let's let's hear some names let's name drop this shit (laughs) i won't i won't name drop them but i've i've had like some rappers that i've kind of dealt with and they were terrible i will tell uh i just had an nfl player like reach out to me and he was like he wasn't rude but like he just gave me bad vibes and like he just seemed kind of dickheadish like as if like he like would do this deal like and he wanted to spend, he wanted to spend like five grand on like a few shirts. And I like, I was just talking to him and he kind of just like, I don't know. He like rubbed me the wrong way. And I just ghosted them. I was just like, I'm not, and not to be like a dick, but like if he would have ever like said anything to me, I literally just would have been like you, I, I'm dealing with a lot cooler people than you. <laughs> like, yeah, it's I not always about the money. It's like, yeah, <laughs> if you have this shit does, it's not hard to sell the stuff that they want, you know? So well, yeah, they want the craziest shit. They want the craziest shit. And there's a, there's a price point. Sure. Some of them will pay more than others, but yeah. if they're going to be dicks about it, it's not worth it, man. We've had yeah. like It'd so be, many, so many ups yeah. and downs with celebrities, dude, over the years. I know. I feel and, like you're like low key against it. Like you're just like, I don't even want to deal with them. No, I'm down. Like if people are nice, like you say, like, yeah there's people that are great. Like when Mac Miller came to the warehouse, it was like the greatest experience. He's they, those, his, him and his crew were super nice people. Like they all, I fucking, to they Mac all Miller. vibed. I, yeah. I actually wasn't even there that day. Um, which I was super bummed about. I think I was like at the bowl or something, but they, you know, uh, who was like other than Travis, the nicest celebrity I ever like dealt with, like in person or like directly was Jaden Smith. He was yeah. You cool told me about fuck. that. So explain that he experience. Was, he was hella cool. It's so funny. I feel like he only like talked to me and bought for me because like he felt bad. <laughs> and this 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 was like years ago. And it's not like Jaden, like I sold to him and I talked to him. Like I had a conversation with him for like a while and like he was super cool. But like it's not like he like directly contacted me like what like how Travis is. Like it wasn't a relationship. Um like if I saw him today, like he probably wouldn't even know who I was. But he was selling at Melrose for some fucking reason (laughs) like he was selling like his brand or something like it was something weird and i just so happened to be selling straight across from his jaden smith himself was at melrose selling all day all day and literally every single person that went to melrose that day 
only went to Jaden Smith's booth. No one, literally every single person. I knew a lot of people selling there that day. No one sold anything. I didn't sell anything. His booth is just swamped like a magnet, eh? Yeah. Everyone's trying to take pictures with him. Everyone's trying to, like, obviously buy shit from him. Like, it makes sense. I feel it. But, like, to me, in the back of my head and probably in the back of everyone else's head is, like, you're fucking Jaden Smith. Like, you could have popped up on Fairfax. You could have popped up on Melrose. Like, you did not need to, like, take money from all of these people. And, but again, like, I think he did it. He's young. Like, he's younger than me. And I think he was doing it because he knew Melrose was cool. It was, like, a little flea. Like, but anyways, like, no one sold shit. Like, no, there was no one in anyone's booth at all the entire day. And I was straight across from him the whole day. And so I was just sitting there watching, like, obviously. And a whole, like, so many times, like, we made eye contact. And, like, obviously I was, like, staring at their booth because I had nothing fucking else to do for eight hours. And so many times we made eye contact. It was, you guys had, like, a vibe going on across the aisle. We had a very intimate thing going on. but no, like that's it's that's really what it was. Like, and I could tell he did not want to be there. I could tell like he was super like uncomfortable and just like exhausted. Like, you know how exhausting it is selling at markets. Imagine being fucking Jaden Smith selling at markets. And I would kind of like just like give him like a look, or like I would kind of just like laugh, like you know, like just like some real like normal shit. I think he understood. I could tell like how he was feeling and. So at the very end of the day, he like came up to me and he was like, Hey man, like, what's up? Like what? Like just, he came and said, what's up? And I was like, what's up, man? Like you hated it, huh? <laughs> and like, I was just super like cool to him. Like I treated him like as if he was just like a new homie I had just met. And for anyone that ever wants to try to sell to celebrities, that's the only advice you should ever need and take is just treat them like they're your friend. Like, no matter who they are, treat them like a regular ass person. And I straight up, I roasted Jaden. Like the, one of the, the few things I said to him, like I was making fun of him and he came up to me and he was like, Hey man, like, what's up? Like, da, 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 like asking me about what I sell. And I had a whole bunch of like all over print, like American thunder tees, like NASCAR tees, like just cool shit. And he was like, Oh, like these are dope. Like these are like similar to like what I'm making my brand about like this, this and that. And like, we were just talking about, what he was doing at the market and like i was just like it's fucking exhausting huh like just talking about selling and he was like yeah man like this shit's really like a lot harder than i thought it was gonna be like it's just it's a lot of people like this this and that whatever whatever and he ended up buying like 10 or 12 pieces from me and i like hooked him up like crazy and he uh venmoed me the money and he pulled out his phone and his phone was straight like busted up like cracked screen like just super busted and I like looked at him and he like looked at me and I was like, literally, I was just like, how are you Will Smith's kid? And you have a busted ass phone. And he just started dying laughing. And he's like, man, like I just broke this shit. Like I'm fucking pissed. Like whatever, like just like whatever, whatever. And yeah, I remember he like, he Venmoed me and I like posted on my story that he Venmoed me and I was like all hyped. And then Tyler, the creator pulled up. And t- I was wearing the golf wang bands, like the ones with the pink uh, midsoles. And I had, I was wearing a stupid ass, like fucking 19 year old kid outfit. I had those, those shoes with like the bootleg all over print, uh, Gucci monogram pants, and then a Pulp Fiction long sleeve. It was fucking sick ass tee though. And Tyler Creator pulled up like right when he like had bought all, right when Jaden bought all this stuff. And they were talking like 
right in front of me. Like they kind of like didn't even like acknowledge me, but like I was just standing there like in the conversation without saying anything. And he, Tyler like kind of looked at me and he's like, yo, I love your fucking shoes, man. And it's like, they're his shoes. <laughs> it's just like, I was just like, yeah, you fucking should. You made them. <laughs> and he just like laughed and like fucking ran off like how you would expect Tyler to. And yeah, like it was just super cool. And that's, I feel like the only reason like it was cool is because I wasn't like fucking weird to him that he came up to me. Like I didn't fault, like I didn't like stutter and like act weird or scared or like treat him like he was fucking Jaden Smith. And I feel like that's just the key. It's like you just treat them like hella normal. Like yeah, they want to be treated normal because they're they're sick of people. They never get treated normal. Yeah, yeah. gagaing and ooing over them and like you know wanting pictures and shit. Yeah, but Jaden was hella cool. Travis, I mean Travis. Uh, Tyler was really nice too, but I didn't really talk to him for the most part. I think I said like two yeah. sentences to him. My advice about really dealing cool. with celebrities is what you said earlier. It's like if they're being dickheads, don't. Don't bend over don't backwards. Feed into it. Don't feed into it. Yeah. And don't go for the money. It's like if we all stick together on this, then they gotta they gotta they think they can just get whatever they want. I mean, some well, because that's know? what they're used to. Yeah. Like that's what a lot of them are used to. Is they're used to like people just giving them whatever they want and like trying to make yeah. them happy. And super and, last minute, like you said, like someone's like, I need something uh, for a cover photo shoot. I need it in New York. I need it overnighted. I need it at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. And you're like, that's impossible. Can't have impossible. It. Yeah, and even Travis like hits me up very last minute sometimes. But I mean, I would do anything at this point for for Travis just because he's always been real respectful. He's real nice. Like I'll have conversations with him. Like there was like a time like he's hella busy nowadays, but like we used to talk like every night. Like he's real cool. Um, but yeah, like there's some of them that just like are not fucking dope. And like I've had like people like I've given away free shit. Like and that's the biggest mistake anyone could make. Because the second that you make it, like, you agree to giving away free stuff, they think that they can get anything from you. And, like, they think that they can take advantage of you. They know they can take advantage of you. Like, they know that, like, they're going to be like, oh, like, I'll shout you out. Like, give me this shit for free. Like, da, da, da. Like, they're not going to shout you out. It's not going to happen. Never. A thousand out of a thousand times, if you give something away for free, you're not getting credit for it. Unless you ha- already have a relationship. Like, I give Travis stuff for free to this day. Like, I'm going to... I'm supposed to meet up with him in LA literally like in a few days and I have a bunch of shit for him that I'm going to give him. And then I have a bunch of shit for him to buy, but it's like, that's as like a gift. And he always gives me my credit for the most yeah, part. It's a reciprocal uh, relationship. You know, it's funny. So I was, I was watching like my wife watches keeping up with Kardashians, right? Um, which is they're on their last season. Yeah. Keeping up with Kardashians. I mean, there's going to, there's going to be a, there's going to be a spinoff, but yeah, for sure. Um, and I was telling her about Courtney and Travis because she didn't even know that shit. Like, was it a secret for a long time? Um, I mean, that's the thing. Like, they've always been friends. They're neighbors. Like, they live right next oh, door. Oh, no shit. Um, yeah. So, they've always – I think they've always been friends. But I I low-key think they've been dating – like, from me dealing with Travis, I think they've been dating for a few months before, like, they made it a thing. Because, like, yeah. I was getting like, Courtney lately, before that. Travis has been posting, like – my love, oh. I love you, shit lately, and I like oh, I see that because I follow both of them, and uh, it seems like it's come out more like in the public eye in the last like month or something. Yeah, in but, the past um, like couple months, but they had they were definitely together for a few months before that. Yeah, gossip here, the uh, Kardashian gossip. Okay, yeah. well, I want to get into another topic here. You are sitting in 
your new house. How long have you had that house? You had it a year yet? Almost a year. A year Almost in a year. Uh, July, like late July, early August. Big up to living in your own house that you own, that you purchased at the age of what? How old are you, 24? I bought it at 22. 22. So you're only 23. <laughs> you bought your own, and it's a fucking nice-ass house. Like, it, it is like a mid-century Yes, yeah, uh, 1948, like 4,000 square feet on a two-acre lot. Dude, that's huge. Cool. Yeah, cool. Almost two-acre lot. I think it's like 1.78 acres or something like that. Um, so yeah, rad, so rad, dude. Um, so big up on that. So I want to talk about this. And, like, you know, a lot of young people watch this show that want to, like, get in that game, investing, real estate investing. Like, tell us about the experience you went through to buy this house and like, you know, as far as like, uh, like getting a mortgage and like, was it a hard thing to do? Did you think you were going to get it? Did you need help? Give us a lowdown. It's you. I mean, I'll just say this, like for anyone young that's trying to do it, like make sure you have your taxes straight. Cause I fucking hate taxes more than probably anyone, but you have to have your taxes straight. Like don't cut corners. Don't like not claim your cash. Like, don't I know all the tricks like don't get a shady ass accountant to like make it look like you made two thousand dollars all year like just do your taxes correctly because that's the only way you're gonna get a loan to buy a house you're not gonna buy a fucking house with cash unless you're buying some garbage shit in the middle of nowhere um yeah so but speak on that for one sec like basically what they usually want is like two good years of taxes where you made a decent amount of money two to three yeah. So you gotta like, you gotta bite the bullet and pay a good chunk of tax for at least two to three years. If you want to play with the big boys and start buying property. Well, I mean, that's the thing. And like that's two to three years. And then every year after that, cause they, they're not going to take taxes from five years ago. Like they want current taxes. So you kind of, yeah, well, like, you, you got to buy the house like, within those years. And then if you want to yeah. buy more, you got to keep going, but you can literally, you can have three good years and then go back to claiming zero dollars. Yeah. And then, sure. But like then when you want to go buy another one, you're going to have to have do another two or three years. Yeah. You could plan it, but I would just say do your taxes. Do quickly. your taxes. Um, it Get sucks. Board. But, um, yeah. The whole process was like pretty uh, straightforward. It like required a lot of like work, but I mean, it was just like just doing your finances, like profit and losses, your taxes, like pretty straightforward shit. But I mean, once you own a house, it's it's a fucking beast to deal with. Like, unless you buy a house that's like turnkey, like you're buying a brand new house that like fully furnished, like everything's perfect and brand new, like then you're fine. But like if you're like we bought a mid-century house. So, like there's like we redid all the floors, we got fucked fucked over by the contractor. We're doing a bunch of work ourselves. We're repainting everything ourselves. We're going to redo the bathrooms ourselves, redo the kitchen ourselves. Like it's, I would say just be prepared to, to know what you want to do. Like either buy something brand new and just live in it. And that's fine. Or if you're going to buy something to like kind of create for yourself and do what you want with it. Like it's a, it's a lot of work and owning a house in general is a lot of work. Like you have to do a lot of things that, you wouldn't have expected to ever have to deal with like insurance. Um, I mean, just paying the mortgage, I guess it's kind of like paying rent, but it is a little different, I guess. Um, I don't even know. Like <laughs> I've only been a homeowner for like a Do year. Do you but... cut your own lawn? No. 
I have so much. Have you seen how much land I have? No. Uh, you got a big ass lot. I I, I could have guessed that, but I don't cut my own lawn, dude. I got I got my homie who's a landscaper comes by like every week or two. Yeah, even if I only had like a sixth of my yard, I wouldn't cut my lawn. <laughs> and it's it's like pretty cheap. Like we have a dude who like cuts everything for eighty bucks, like every two weeks. So. I got a question. So do you um did you go through a broker or did you go through directly to the bank? Uh, we went through a broker. And how'd you find? You just looked up random mortgage brokers in Texas. And- uh, our um, our real estate agent like gave us a list of people that he deals with and likes. And um, yeah, I would also say like for anyone trying to buy a house, like get a real estate agent you like in that like works hard because it makes a difference. Like you can know what you want, but there's a lot of things like getting like viewings and like talking to the other real estate agent, like they handle all that. And it's actually really nice. Like, yeah. So. And, and somebody you can trust, like build a relationship because you want yeah. someone who you can believe is telling you the truth, not just trying yeah. to make a quick buck sale on you because they will try to get you to buy as quick as possible. Yeah. If they're slimy and they just want the dollars. Right. And don't, and, don't go with somebody like somebody big. Like if it, if you're a first time home buyer, go with like a smaller real estate company with a, a smaller, younger, like agent that like, he has something to prove, not like you're just another check, like, oh, this is my eighth client this month. Like, here's yeah. another 20K. Like, just get somebody that, that actually like, they want to make the money. Like they want to have like a relationship and like, there's, you can, you can spot them like that. Like, I mean, we talked to one agent at the first house we tried to buy and he was like a fucking dickhead. Like he drove like a fucking M3, like bmw like he was wearing a suit and shit like with fucking sunglasses he just looked like a bitch like classic example yeah and then our real estate our agent albert like he dresses real nice like he dresses in like a a coat and tie and like but he's just like he's a goofy like 26 year old 27 year old with like a baby like he's real nerdy like just go for somebody you like yeah and uh quick quick thing about the mortgage broker which taryn did use a mortgage broker versus a bank. A bank is a bank and they're going to lend you the money or they're not. You could try to go with the it's bank. It's harder that, to get the money from them too. Yeah. You can go with the bank that you bank with, but a lot of times, I don't know if you had any issue with this or questions about it, but because you're self-employed and you're, a bitch. You're, you're your own employer, they want a lot more information. Like if you work for yeah. Amazon and you get a good paycheck, it's super easy to get a house. But if you're a vintage dealer and you're paying yourself, they're going to want to know how your business does because they, they think that you could just like quit or your business is going to fail. They want more proof of a backing yeah. on that. So it's a bit harder, but the broker, instead of just going to one bank, the broker will like send your shit to 10 banks and find one that's going to give you the money. So you have better options and better chance of getting the money. And they usually have a little bit better uh, interest rates. Yeah. Like our interest rate was like crazy cheap, but that was because of COVID for the most part. Yeah, interest rates are like are like super all time low. They were like, yeah, like it was like record low when we bought our house. It was like less than two percent or something like that. And for a first time home buyer, that's like crazy. And you guys are shopping for number two. You've been out house hunting, right? We yeah, we were. We kind of decided to like put the brakes on that a little bit just because uh the market right now is like fucking crazy. Like, cause Elon Musk decided to like tweet and like SpaceX is out out here like in where I live and Elon Musk decided to tweet like for everyone to move where I live 
And so now like there's literally like out cash offers out the ass on every house from people moving from California and all these other places. And it's like, I mean, somebody living in LA to come here and work for SpaceX, like there's, if they own a house, they're selling their house for a million dollars and they're going to come here and buy a house that was 12 of their houses for 500 K and then buy three more properties as investment homes for 150 K a piece. And they're all like offering cash and like 10 grand over asking and like this and that, like we literally like the, the house that made us just like say, fuck it. Like, we're just going to like slow down a little bit was like, we went and we offered like 13,000 over asking and like no contingencies. Like we literally did. We just said, take the fucking money there. We will not back out. Like, don't worry. And like, even if, the house only gets appraised for 157. Like we'll still pay this much and we'll pay that whole extra gap of money. Even if it's like 10 grand, like we'll pay that money, like straight out of our pocket and like just buy the house. And they still went with a cash offer that was less than our offer just because it was cash. And so we just, we, we literally bought into, we bought into crypto instead. We literally like, so you took like, your house down payment and bought into crypto. Yeah. <laughs> we bought a, uh, we bought some Ethereum. We didn't take the whole down the house payment, but we took, uh, we took like a little less than half of it and we bought like a bunch of Ethereum and we bought a whole bunch. Like I bought ADA just like as my stupid crypto stock to like buy into and see what happens. I don't even, never even uh, heard of that one. It's a uh, Cordano. Like it's like another big one. Oh yeah. That's somebody like was telling me about that. Did, did you get a tip yeah. on that? Yeah. Somebody else had reached out to me about it and they were just like, Oh, like, have you looked into this? And I was just like, no, I literally, Dude, I think about it, and if I would have bought into crypto when like you and everyone else was telling me to, like I would be fucking chilling right now. And that's why we bought into it. As I was like, I've been being told to fucking buy this shit for like a year now, and if I would have put this amount of money into it back when people told me to, like I would be fucking chilling. And so I just bought it, and I was just like, fuck it. So I think it's good. I still man. have. You know, yeah. people people love this shit on the show when we talk about this, but I think uh, like obviously I've talked about NFTs before. And and everyone knows NFTs are fucking blowing up. Like NFT, the NBA Top Shop is popping off. The NFL and baseball is getting involved. The UFC is going to have their own NFT platform like super quick here, which is like apparently I like from what I've heard. I'm not really a uh, UFC guy, but you know I think that'll pop off. And that shit's all backed by Ethereum, right? So yep. Ethereum has to grow as these other things as NFTs grow, man. And I because all those like anymore. all those people making nfts are gonna have to buy ethereum in order to make the nfts so it's like even if they have to buy small amounts like somebody but then, like USC, but then the buyers have to buy it to buy them and then yeah. sell them and, and it's just like and yeah if like the nfl is gonna start making nfts and like ufc like they're gonna buy like a hundred million dollars worth of like of ethereum to make those nfts like it's gonna be like it's gonna change shit um but yeah so like i'm happy i bought it when i did do you know what's hilarious though what's that it's crazy. Like, tell me why, like, I look, I re-looked at it, and this was, like, six months ago. My fucking grandmother texted me and was like, have you heard of this new thing called cryptocurrency? Listen to this. Listen to this. It's actually crazy. And she was like, have you heard of this new thing, cryptocurrency? I just bought a bunch of this thing called um, Ethereum. And I bought it for like 400 a, a coin and now it's at 1400 and we've made over like $10,000. And 
And right now, like that shit's at like three k a coin. Like she's like chilling. Like she's, yeah. and it's like this is a this is like a sixty year old, sixty something year old woman. Like that was just yeah, like, yeah. have Dude. you bought crypto? Like I was. Like, My dad's what? been talking to me about it, and it's so funny you say that because typically with with investing and stocks and shit, once our once like it reaches that level, like once like the general public knows about a stock, it's usually too late. You're like, okay, get out because it's like yeah. too blown. But crypto's like the opposite. Yeah, I don't think that's what's the same with crypto because people look at crypto like uh, like gold. It's like they 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 just keep buying it and storing it, buying it and storing it. It's yeah, not, there's a limited amount of it for the most exactly. part. Exactly. So, yeah, you know, I think that's crazy. Yeah, my dad wa- keeps talking to me about it and like it's all over. I, I don't know if you remember, was... but like two years ago, two and a half years ago, even at the bowl, it was like all the talk. Like I remember everyone talking about it like two and a half years ago at the bowl and everyone Imagine was buying you like put money into it then and, yeah but then the thing was everybody got fucking freaked out because it was it was pretty high and then it went down for like over a year and i think most people i mean hopefully some people kept it but a lot of people probably bailed i kept yeah. buying it when it was down because i'm like it's gonna fucking go and then yeah this last year has been stupid like oh so money. you're big you're big chilling I, I should have put more in. I should have put more in. I was concerned. Well, obviously. I was buying it. Yeah. I mean, all, we all. Come Any, on. Anyone. Yeah. Anyone would say that. <laughs> Even if you would have bought uh, like fucking 100,000 Bitcoin, you'd still be saying that shit. I'm fucking, I'm, ha- I'm, I'm happy with my investment, but I'm going to put more in. And I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's a bad play right yeah, now. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that, I think that in like five years, like people should start saying like, it might be too late. But I think right now it's still it's just blown up so much in the past like year, but it's like, it's still too new to like not continue to blow up. Like it's just, this whole wave is just going to continue to keep happening. And I mean, as like things like Ethereum that has like NFTs and like using their blockchain and like all of that, like it's just going to continue to grow and grow and grow. And as that happens, it's just going to continue to go up and up and up. Like at some point, like Ethereum won't be worth more than Bitcoin ever, but like Ethereum could hit like 10, 20 K coin. And imagine you fucking have been buying that shit since two years ago. Yeah, it has like more practical, more practical uses. Well, it's because there's not there's so much more of it. Like Bitcoin, like at some point, Bitcoin's gonna fucking run out, and it's gonna happen soon. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like a tenth of a Bitcoin is gonna be worth like a million dollars because like there's gonna be people with that have had Bitcoin since 2010, and they have forty thousand of them or a hundred thousand of them, and they're just gonna be like, "Well, I want fucking." Ten billion dollars for ten of them. Like, you know, it's funny. So, uh, Ethereum has like an office somewhere. Like, it's it's a team of people working on it, and it's like actually like uh, has a business plan, a model. Bitcoin is like this thing that's just out there in the world that no one's going to find it. Yeah, yeah, you have to find it. And nobody actually knows who created it. This is fucked up. The guy has a name, doesn't he? he has like a pseudo a pseudonym name and people have said oh. like it's this guy like matatamba or something like a, an asian name yeah and i forget the name but uh i was looking up, i was looking into this shit like satoshi something yeah exactly and they say it was him and then a and i think that name that they made up is like a they say is a name for like a group of like four people but that's like kind of unknown in reality and then there's people saying like it could be like like some government shit that, 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 that made it. And really nobody knows. And it's kind of not really even talked about. Like they don't talk about who created it. And I started going down this weird hole and I'm like, 
this is weird and interesting. We don't know who the fuck's yeah. behind it. It's like it. some Illuminati shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. Turns out Jay-Z made that shit. He's laughing. Laughing to the yeah. bank. Like Nas fucking uh, invested into that shit and made it. So I want to talk more about Texas, dude. Texas is the new American dream in my eyes, dude. And you you beat the move. You beat you were there like before this shit blew up. But right now you have like a mass exodus of people. And this is not just for vintage. This is just like in general for everybody. Like Californians yeah. are fucking over it. They're pissed. The LA folks are pissed at the governor. You know, they want to impeach him, get him out of office. They're pissed off at the taxes they pay. You know, California's the taxes are terrible. That's why they're, they're pissed horrible. at the homelessness. I don't know if they're pissed at it, but people try to like certain areas are like, it's hard bad. to live in now. And, uh, there's a mass exodus and it's all to Texas or, or Florida, but you've been there a minute now. You've been there a couple of years and uh, give us like your, your few things that you like about Texas more than California. Uh, I don't really like anything about Texas more than California, <laughs> but that's the thing. Like I live in a, I don't live in a cool part of Texas. Like I live in a fucking stupid part of Texas. So, um, I mean, Texas is cool because, like, their their taxes are pretty good. And uh, Texas is, like, just a fucking – it's like a republic. It's not even, like, a state. So you can kind of just do whatever the fuck you want out here. Um, what about I mean, food? Like, is there good food where you live? That's the thing. Like, I mean, Lisa's a vegan, and Brood. I don't eat meat. I'm a vegetarian. So, like, where we live, there's fucking nothing. Like, I literally, like, it's actually crazy, like, that's why I gained so much weight is because I started eating meat again. It was actually like I didn't eat meat for like almost a year be- when I met Lisa. And then I more or less was like I knew I had her. So I was like, I can eat meat again. <laughs> and I gained I gained so much weight. Yo, don't crazy. don't go down that hole, dude. <laughs> it Nothing's was guaranteed. Cool. Yeah, it was crazy. Like I gained so much weight. And then so like a few, like six months ago, I stopped eating meat or like at the beginning of the year, I stopped eating meat again. And now I'm just fat or than I was. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, no, the food's not like the Mexican food out here is bomb. Like if you like can eat it, but like Mexican food. You like, guys, so do you guys have any vegan before. restaurants in your town? There's one and it's like garbage. Um, that's why we travel so much. Like, that's why I love LA because LA's food is fucking bomb. Yeah, dude. LA for food is my shit. Like, even Vancouver yeah. is a pretty progressive city. Lots of vegetarian, lots of vegan, lots of restaurants. But I still vibe out on, like, the amount of good food in LA. Like, there's so much. Well, it's because, like, it's like New York. Like, it's like you can't – it can't be not good because you're, you're going to go out of business. So, it's like it has to True. be fucking bomb, like, no matter where you are. And, like, L.A.'s vegan food is, like, crazy. Like, it's – like, there are places that you can eat and, like, you don't even know you're eating vegan food. Like, I was eating vegan food in L.A. before, like, I had ever met Lisa. Like, I just ate it because it was good. Yeah. And, like, it's it's definitely uh, it's definitely dope. I'll happily go eat vegan anytime in L.A. I've been to a bunch of spots. And you're right. Some of them you don't even – you don't even miss have you it been, at all. Have you been to, to Monty's? Monty's. On what that's street? like my favorite that's my favorite like junk food like vegan food in no, LA. I don't it's like so. bur- it's like burgers like it's kind of like in and out burgers but vegan okay. it's fucking bomb it's in echo park but um sage is really good yeah i've been um, to sage a bunch there's a few of those around eh? yeah lisa's obsessed with sage 
Uh, Nick's on Beverly is real fucking good. It's expensive, but like the um, the atmosphere is like really nice. Like yeah. that, that's like my favorite, like nice vegan restaurant to eat in LA. I've been there Crossroads. Sean. Yeah, I've been to, I went to Crossroads last trip in October. Sean that's shouted. That's Travis's spot. Oh, he owned it? Yeah. Oh, sick. Yeah, I went there with Sarah and uh, another friend of ours, dude. It was super good. Dude, I, the last time I went, like I got the, we were there for brunch and I got the chicken and waffles. Bro, it was crazy. Their uh, fried chicken sandwich is real bomb too, but. When I'm, I'm supposed like we're supposed to meet up with Travis like next week when we're out there, and I still have yet to get dinner there. So I'm, I'm hoping that like he's down to meet up there for dinner, and um, I really want to try it. But I, yeah, I we used, went, we went for dinner. Like, I remember there was like a, like a pasta carbonara that we had that was really good, and they did some kind of like egg yolk on it, but it was obviously not egg. It was like some other kind of thing. Um, fuck yeah, it was a really good dinner. Have you been to Ramen Hood? No. Ramen Hood's in a Grand Central uh, Grand Central Market in downtown, and I've been Ramen to market Hood's before. Ramen Hood's fucking bomb. Like I used to because I lived like on I lived on Fifth and Broadway when I lived in downtown. It was terrible, but um, I used to go eat Ramen Hood all the time, and like I didn't even know it was vegan. Like until like me and Lisa went there, and she was like, "Oh, this is a vegan ramen spot." And I was like, "That shit's vegan." Like. And I was eating it, like, when, I mean, I ate meat and everything else. Like, I just ate it because it was that fucking good. And, dude, Ramen Hood's bomb. Like, you should definitely go so, there next time you're in downtown. I, you know, I eat a shitload of ramen in Vancouver. Not vegan, but it's all about the broth. And, like, you got to get a good yeah. flavor of broth. So, like, their vegan broth is really flavorful. It's, and it's, a, it's amazing. Yeah. They use Ooh. a sunflower seed broth. Dude, like a sunflower I'm, seed I'm uh salivating yeah, right now dude i'm hungry it's dinner time they're uh they use um sato- like i think they're called like i don't know they're they're these types of mushrooms like dried out mushrooms that shit's i hate mushrooms but those mushrooms they put in there are crazy and then they have like the vegan like egg yolks like you know like you get the, the eggs like in ramen it's like that but vegan and they literally taste the exact same as like eggs like it's actually crazy and it's so that's like another one of lisa's favorite spots Gotta get on it. Gotta check it out next time in LA. I think yeah, I'm so. Are you, are you going to bowl then when you go to LA? Yeah, yeah. You're just gonna turn up and say what up to the peeps. Are you gonna be out there? Yeah, not, me and not this, are going. Not this trip. Um, it was such a nightmare coming home, dude. I'll tell you that story another time. But uh, really, the cross border thing is such a bitch right now. It's not worth the effort and not worth. I had to like stay home for two weeks. So it's like, I dude, I literally, if I would go to this bowl, I would have been back to work for a week to go to the, since next the last bowl. And then I'm gone again to the next one. And then I'll have another, it's like, yeah, it's too much. Um, I want to get you just into, pay somebody you trust in LA to do it for you. Well, you actually, are you going to sell? No. No. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have the two booths not to give sell. away. I, like I need, if anybody wants, uh, if anybody wants to buy my booth, it's fucking prime ass spot because people know we're there. Yeah. Fucking um, F is in Frank's Roswell booth is like famous. Like that yeah, shit's that's like everyone shit. knows where that shit is. You should give it to London in for bid stitch. Like we should I'd happily do that. There. If he I mean he's probably not not enough time one week to get ready for that, but well yeah, um, but like maybe for like April or something. Another month that I don't go or fucking April. For uh, like sure. June or July. Yeah, yeah. hundred percent. Um We'll get into bid stitch in a minute. Got a few more questions for you. <laughs> um, let's talk about Birch real quickly. I know I, I haven't talked to many. Well, I talked to a few people that went. 
but I, I know you went and I know you talked to me about it. I thought, well, I talked to you, but yeah, I did, but the people don't know that. So you're going to talk about it again. (laughs) These people aren't going to get my full story. No, Um, but give us your, like, you know, your overview, the vibe, like maybe like who was crushing it out there. Your thoughts on it. It honestly, it honestly wasn't like, it wasn't as, um, fuck. I just don't, I don't want to talk shit, but like, this isn't talking shit, but it wasn't as cringy as like it could have been. And I don't think that's a very problematic. That's thing a positive. Say. That's a positive um, statement. Yeah. Like it definitely could have been bad. Like it could have been terrible. And for the most part, it wasn't nearly as bad as uh, what I feel like a lot of like older heads or like OGs or like just people that don't fuck with like that whole side of Instagram vintage. Um, it definitely wasn't that bad. Uh, there was a lot of real crazy shit. Um, the prices were pretty out, like out there. Um, a lot of people didn't even want to sell shit. They only wanted to trade shit, um, which was weird to me. But I know that, like, I heard that from from the people I talked about that went to the one in Florida and to the one in Houston. The selling in Florida one was terrible. That like people went there that, yeah. and they didn't sell a single thing. Um, it was horrible. Like buying was terrible because no one wanted to sell anything. Everything was a billion dollars. Everyone just wanted to trade, uh, Texas. I mean, it had a lot of Texas people. And I mean, Texas, everyone's digging in rags. Like everyone's working and shit. Like this isn't people just going on live and spending $600 on a shirt to sell it for six ten. Like, so it's, there was people there that like, I had a homie and he's like a, like he digs and he sells and he made like almost 10 grand. And so, like, I think the people that showed up there to make money, they made money. And then the people that showed up there just to have a booth of, like, crazy shit, like, they showed up and had a booth full of crazy shit. They didn't sell anything. And they might have traded a couple things, and they were fine with that. So that's all that matters. But uh, the trade pit thing was, like, at the event, uh, I was kind of cool. I didn't really, like, the event, those events, like, stressed me out. Like, it was a very small space for the amount of people that were there and the amount of sellers that were there. And when, like, I'm walking around those events, like, I get stopped. Like, I can't take one step without somebody stopping me and talking to me, which is fine. But, like, I can't go to those things and, like, look for stuff. Like, I can't. Yeah, so it's I like you're walking anything. around and you're like the uh, you're like the star quarterback at like, a, at, like, a high school party and everyone wants to, like, chat and fucking say what up. Yeah, which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with. Um, it's definitely exhausting. And sometimes people come up to me and, like, they like talk to me as if like they've known, like they know me and I have no clue who they are. And that's a little like stressful, but for the most part, everyone's always. So how do you play that off? You're like, you're like, Oh yeah. Hey dude. No, I don't even, (laughs) I don't even play it off. Like, I'm just like, Oh, what's up? Like, I just, I don't try to act like I know who they are. Like, I also don't say like, I don't know who you are. Like, what are you doing? Like, uh, but I mean, for the most part, everyone just comes up like, yo, third floor, like, what's up? Like, da 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 Like, I'm this, this, and that on Instagram. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, what's up? Like, and talk to them. But yeah, I don't, um, people ask for pictures sometimes, which I've always thought was really weird and funny. But um, for the most part, everyone's really nice. And you went there and you saw a million people that you've seen on Instagram for so long. And then you finally get to meet them in person. And that's always really fun. Uh, saw people that I haven't seen in a long time, which is always fun. Um, so yeah, I think it was definitely like a vibe for the most part, but the whole trading thing at the hotel, I think it was like super funny. Um, 
because I can only imagine how it looked like to all the regular people at that fucking hotel. Yeah. It was a nice, it was a really nice hotel. Like it was a lot nicer than I thought it was gonna be. And it was just like t-shirts, 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 like all over the floor, like just like thousands of shirts. Like there was like well over a million dollars worth of t-shirts like sitting on the floor in there. And it was just all these guys, like, just nerding out. Like, it was, like, Comic-Con of T-shirts. Like, it was just all these guys nerding out. Like, bro, look at that. Like, blah, blah, blah. like just, like, freaking out. And it's, like, it's to me, it's, like, funny. And to somebody like you, it's funny. I feel like anyone who has, like, an actual relationship with a girl, like, it's fucking stupid and funny. But it's just, like just all these grown men like nerding out over t-shirts and it's like i'm a t-shirt nerd like drew you're a t-shirt nerd we're all t-shirt nerds but like some people are just a little too comfortable with it nowadays and then i mean yeah like if you were if you were like a middle-aged car salesman and you're 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 walking through the lobby of the hotel pulling your suitcase behind you with your two kids and there's just all these guys like with their shoes off and t-shirts everywhere half cocked from drinking beer all day it's a weird it's a it'd be it'd be a weird scene I saw like there was like of like volleyball teams and shit that were probably traveling for like a tournament and it was just, like these girls like walking by and they were all like what the fuck is happening like and there was just like you could tell like there was people like with their dad and their dad was just like what the fuck is this like this is fucking dumb and I don't know the whole thing was really funny but I can also appreciate like the unapologetic like unapologetically like nerdy like yeah shit um yeah like who gives a fuck what they think we're doing our thing yeah and it looked like that shit ran on till like 3 a.m oh i was there i was there until like 3 a.m and when i left like there was still a lot of people there and um yeah people were fucking blacked out drunk like just being crazy like chris was drunk like just people were being like nutty and i don't stay up late and i was like there like i want to fucking die it was so hot in there there was just so many people, but it was cool. Like, I mean, it was cool seeing everything. Like as somebody who went there, literally like I didn't buy anything. I didn't sell anything. I didn't bring anything to show off. I didn't go with the intent of buying anything. Like I went strictly to like see people I haven't seen in a long time and hang out. And it was, it was cool. That's awesome. So you had yeah. a good time, man. Yeah, it was fun. Also, we got a shout out full court. They opened up that weekend. Big up full court for opening in Texas, and you went there. So, what was the he vibe was so over there? Cool. He was so cool. Um, his full court's vibe, Corby's vibe is uh, it's a lot different than what Instagram. I mean, like I call it Instagram vintage. Like what? Because Instagram vintage and real life vintage is very different. Um, so like his style and like how he is and what he likes and how he acts is the complete polar opposite of Instagram vintage. So like you went and like, there was cool stuff, but it's like, I feel like for somebody like me and anyone who's like on the Instagram vintage side of things, like we're so desensitized to crazy shit that it's like, unless I walk in and there's like 50 to a hundred fucking thousand dollar to $5,000 shirts on the wall. It's not that dope. Um, but I think, like, his curation was solid. He had a cool, like, Texas-only, like, rap tee wall. I just don't really, like, care for that kind of stuff. Um, but Corby was fucking dope. Like, him as a person, 
his wife was really cool. It was really dope to meet him after like so many years of knowing him. And he was like, like I would actually be friends with him. Like, and there's not many people like in vintage that I would say that about. And he was just very like, he, he's just old head. Like he's, and he's kind of like, like, I mean, you know him, like you get along with him and yeah, we're friends. I just, and I, I speak to him from time to time. Corby's the man. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like it's one of those things that like, I'm one of those like younger guys that like, I understand like all of the, the Instagram kids and shit, but I can sit there and vibe with somebody like Corby. Who's like an older, like dad who's been doing this for fucking 15 years or 10 years or however long it's been now. And yeah, like, it's he like, you know, doesn't you look give at... a single fuck about vintage on Instagram. <laughs> no, he, like, he, he really doesn't. He really doesn't. And he's, he's definitely like, he's got his way, but he's not like, He's not also a harsh hater that some of the other people are. He's like, he's got his way, whatever. And it's the way it is. And like, that's the thing about Corby is like, he's not a flexor. Like, I feel yeah. like if Corby wanted to pull up and like have like literally like only crazy shit in his store, he could have. And like, I feel like that's what a lot of people didn't give him credit for because they probably don't really know him like that. Um, Cause like, even like on the day after virtual, like, that fool pulled out like mosquito heads and rap tees and like bootlegs and this and that. And it's like, that wasn't even on like opening day. Like he didn't have any of that shit out. Like he was just like, Oh, like let me throw this out. And it's just like, I feel like if he wanted to, he could have came out and like shit on people. And I feel like he just genuinely did. But there's also like, okay, so I'm going to tell you my thoughts on that. A lot of people come out and do the, sh- I'm going to shit on people vibe. Oh, and I'm like it, that. It doesn't, yeah, but you've only done pop-ups. You've never had a real store for, like, any period of time, right? Yeah. So it's it's very – it's not on the same – what I'm talking about. But a lot of – I know people that have open stores, and it's like they come out banging, like, come out slaying with, like, crazy stuff. And the store's sick. But then, like, over time, they don't sustain that. So it's like yeah, a false image. Up. You know, it dries up, and then they're back to, like, everyone else. What Corby does in full court, I respect so much because he – his store in – Florida, he flips the stock every week, hundred percent. Yeah. So you go it's in that crazy. store every Saturday, and it's going to be a hundred percent new stock from the previous week. Which most stores are never doing that. Like they'll just keep adding, yeah. but same shit's in there. And like, he'll and then keep, all of a sudden they have like three thousand shirts, and half of them are from two years ago. Yeah, and the shit, and then you're like, fucking move this shit, put it on sale or something, get it out of here, just get it out of here. And he yeah. themes it out really good, and. Again, like looking at their business model and, the, and like from what I saw from that store, you know, you can go in that store and you can put together like a dope outfit. You can go to get there and like yeah. put together your wardrobe, right? Where like Instagram yeah. vintage is like, you're only fucking buying t-shirts. t-shirts. That's it. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to go to Levi's to buy your pants, but like go to Corby yeah. store and you can actually dress yourself, you know? Yeah. And you had outerwear, pants, pocket tees, band tees. Yeah, and for us, like we're we're rag men, so we basically probably get most of the shit we wear, pants, everything from the rag anyway, from shit we find here and there. So like we're not that into it, but it is for for a regular person, you have to have that mix if you want to have longevity in the game. Well, and it's also the price point is like no fucking regular person is gonna walk in and like see this shirt for three thousand dollars and be like, I want that. Like they're gonna be like, why the fuck is this three thousand dollars? Then they're gonna go to this fucking for forty dollars and be like, I like this one for forty dollars, and it's just like the the crazy shirts. Like I, me personally, I I like the whole like grandiose like flex of like all crazy shit. But like I'm an Instagram kid. Like 
I've only sold vintage on Instagram and shit, like other than markets and stuff. But like, I started on Instagram. I'm still on Instagram. Um, but it's like, there's a big difference. Like you're not selling that shit to regular people. Like, no, like you're, you're caking on 15 to $50 shirts to regular kids that don't really care. Yeah. And it's and like, that they brings rather... me back to like your business model. Now it's, you know, on IG, we only see the best shit, but we all know that you're wholesaling and probably making a lot more money on a regular oh, basis, wait. wholesaling regular shit than you make on the grails. So yeah. everybody out there, you got to understand the flex is just a flex, but in the end of the day, most people make their money on reg. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing like, I'm like, I literally, yes. What's today? Saturday. Yesterday yeah. I sent out over 600 pounds of reg. Yeah. There was some cool shit in there, but like it was reg, Like, Shirts that I'm selling for five to ten dollars, like six hundred pounds of it. Yeah. And it's like I'm doing that on a weekly basis. It's like, so do you think I'm like really worried about a Grateful Dead shirt? And that's why you're able to like stockpile some of this stuff and you have a good selection. Well, yeah. And and now like I'm I'm gonna start selling everything because of bid stitch. Um, but yeah, like I look at it and like I was able to like hoard like hundreds of pieces that like i counted it up and there's like 70 grand worth of shit in there and it's like that's in like three months four months and nice. it's like that kind of tells you that it's like if i was able to like hoard all that shit and not even feel it like compared to like reg yeah so it's just like all that cool shit's cool but it's 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 all just instagram shit like it's all just like it's highlight. It's a highlight reel. That's all Instagram is. It's like, it makes you look cool, but it's like anyone that's only posting crazy shit. And you know that they only have that crazy shit. They're not running a business. They're just running an Instagram. They're, they're Instagram celebs. Like they're Instagram influencers. They're, like, they're usually paying up for it. And yeah. there's, there's not, there's not a real scalability to it to get to like they're, a real, they're buying it for level. a thousand to sell it for 1100. And yeah. it's like, if you think about it and I love saying that, to listen to like those people that do that be like, Oh, a hundred dollars profit is a hundred dollars profit. They're not businessmen. They're like, they're just following a trend to look dope. And that's fine. If you can own up to it and be like, Oh, I just want to be like a cool Instagram t-shirt guy. Like I like the t-shirts. I want to collect them and wear them. And I want to look cool for all these other people. Like that's fine. But there's a big difference when you start acting like you're the shit and like, you're acting like, Oh, like, I've been doing this like, Oh, like I have the dopest shit. Like, Oh, like I'm doing more than anyone. It's like, no, like you're not. Sit <laughs> like, down. At all. Yeah. It's just like, yo, like I've seen 500 of you come and go in the past year, like years. I've been doing this. Like, yeah, it's and, just, uh, it's, yeah, it's a it's a big topic. We always talk about this because it is interesting. These people, you know, they come in, I'll they, say spend, it too. they spend all this money and they they flex on the scene. And my train of thought was going to it's not it's not always a bad marketing tactic for a while because it's like you can build your following. It's not with, sustainable though. Yeah, it's not sustainable to be only selling those pieces, but like somebody could use it as a marketing tool to build up and then like yeah. branch into more, right? Like, yeah. you know, I look at round two, round two did that a lot and like nothing against them. Like they flexed hard. Like, I don't know if you remember when Sean would 
only post Polo when Polo was super hot. He went crazy on Polo. Big up to him. He blew himself up in the beginning by posting fucking Polo. And um, smart guy, Mark, I don't, I mean, I'm sure he loves Polo, but like, it's just like some of the t-shirt guys are doing that now. But you have to, like you said, get into something else because that's not sustainable and you've got, got nowhere to go. Well, and it's just like, it's, I don't know. For me, it's just so like, and it's so funny to me because I mean, like you said, like I'm 23, I'm not old. I'm younger than all these new guys, like for the most part. And it's like, I sit there and I'm just like, I know what you're doing. And I know that you just bought that shirt. And then now this guy has it. And then two weeks later, this guy has it. And then a week later, this guy has it. And then a month later, this guy has it. So it's like if this shirt within two months has gone through six people's hands, who made the money? (laughs) Like you bought it for a thousand. It's worth 800 maybe. And now it's gone through six hands. So what did this guy pay for it? And then you talk to this guy and he's like, oh, I paid 1100. And it's like, so who sold this shit? (laughs) Who sold it for what? It's like, you sold this shit as guy one. You probably sold to guy two for 11. Guy guy two sold it to guy three for like a thousand. And he was like, fuck it. Like, I can't sell it. I'm just going to take a hundred dollar loss. Fuck it. Guy three sold it to guy four in a trade, which is fine. Guy four sold it to guy five for 1200. And then guy five sold to guy six for 1100. And it's just like, that's how it is now. And it's just so like dumb to me. And it's, and people can, like, I already know people are going to like DM you or like DM me and like, you'd be like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, he's just hating. And it's like, it's, it's not hating. Like, that's, I know that's what's happening. Like, I've done this a long time. I know what it's like to buy something and I know what it's like to get rid of it for not that much. I know what it's like to buy something from market and try to sell it. I know what it's, I've done this. Like I've bought stuff cause it's cool and hoped that I could sell it for more because it's cool. And I'm thrift Lord. Like I know what it's like, like I get it. And it's just like, you have all these guys that are doing that times 30 on 30 different shirts. They look cool. Cause their whole Instagram feed is all these fucking crazy shirts. And they're on live spending $2,000 on a shirt. And, like, they look dope. They're throwing around their money at the strip club, like, type shit. Like, they're flexing. Like, they're doing their shit. But at the same time, it's like, those people aren't making any money. Like, I guarantee you, I have more. I just put more into crypto three days ago than that person has in their bank account. And it's like, y'all are watching the highlight reel on Instagram. That's all it is. It's like, you're seeing the best of that person's life. And if all they're posting... It's bootleg rap tees. That's the best of their life. Like, that's all they have. So it's just like, you can't fall for it. And I feel like a lot of people now, like, they fall for it. And they're just like, oh, like, this guy has a crazy collection. He must be dope. Like, oh, he must have money. And there are some people that are buying shit for crazy amounts of money, and they have money. Like, I can name a few. But those people are also doing shit in a different way. They're not selling that shit to other people that are selling it to other people to other people like they're doing shit in a different way and it's like you have to like really pay attention and to know those people and to like be around long enough to see it full circle and i don't know like it just bothers me like it's none of my business well no but it it is it is our business because it is it's our like it's our actually our business and like our community that we fucking deal in the flexors 
are they, they're just copying the person who came before them and they're flexing like the person that came before him and they're, they're kind of copying this flex, right? Some people have like unique curation, sure. But it's becoming so, we're all becoming so desensitized to it, right? You see everyone's oh, feet. Crazy. And you're like, you're like, I've seen that shirt. Like used to be heart-shaped box was pretty fucking rare, hard to find. Now it's like you no see one, it all the no time. Yeah. yeah. Or like all these different shirts that you, you know, they are rare, but there's too many people in posting it which makes it so desensitized to me. And I'm like, you know, what's funny to me is all these people. I was talking to Sean about it, actually. Uh, Amazon. Men's, um, he recently got banned off of Instagram, which is hilarious. Yeah. He told me, um, which is so fucked. Yeah. Cause it wasn't even like some conspiracy shit. It was, he literally like, he, made, talk shit. he talked he shit about somebody, it. but in like a funny way. And it wasn't even, he didn't even talk Dude. shit about somebody specifically. Like he didn't call so out a funny. name. People reported him for just do, putting up a meme or some shit, which is super whack. How so we're becoming censored in America. Like you can be banned from Instagram for making fun of like an emo kid, and you're not even a specific emo kid, just emo in general. Yeah, it's anyway. super like. I mean, that's why people say like snowflake and shit. It's just super hypersensitive. But, um, anyways, like I was talking to him about it, and because I mean, Sean. A lot of you probably have no idea who Sean is. You probably think we're talking about Sean Watherspoon, but uh, he's like, he has crazy like music shit, but like actually crazy music shit. Like we're talking like 60s and 70s, like true original. Like, yeah, like he recently shit. got, he recently got a, um, a knit sweater vest that Bob Marley wore on stage. It yeah. was actually his vest. Yeah. He told me not to tell anyone. So I don't know if you got a, you did not tell me not to tell anybody so it's a fair game okay okay um but yeah it's just like he has crazy shit and i was talking to him about it and he was like yeah like i can't fuck sean goes crazy so like i won't even say what he said but like it was along the lines of like i can't believe how many fucking of these people and kids like are talking about how fucking crazy this shirt is even though 10 of them are posting the same fucking shirt and they're all like this is so rare I've never seen this one when like you're going to see it next week and somebody else. And then like 10 other people, you know, have it and you've had it 10 times. And it's just like, that's where it's becoming like the whole desensitizing thing is because so many people have so many crazy things now. And it's like a heart shaped box is a perfect example. Like a heart shaped box a few years ago, like you didn't find that shit. Like it was rare when somebody had one for sale because they were just so hard to find. And now there's just so many people buying shit that, you just see them so much more because people aren't digging for them. They're just going on eBay and buying them for 1100 and then selling them for 1500 and post. They want the post and then they have it and they sell it to the next person and they post it. And then that was another one. And it's like all these shirts that used to be rare, even though they made millions and millions of heart shaped box tees, like they still were rare to pop up. But now it's like, I went to virtual and that's actually would have been a good thing to say. I went to virtual. I saw at least 10 people wearing a heart shaped box shirt. Damn. And it's like, you would have never seen that before. Like, you would have never seen that, like, oh. except this is in a new, like, flex hype era to where if you go to one of those places and you're not wearing your most expensive shirt, you're a bitch, like, type shit. Like, you have to go. You have to flex. Like, you better be posting a heart shape box once a fucking week along with five rap tees and this and that. And it's just, like, it's kind of ruined it. Like, it's yeah, kind of just, like... I feel like you just pulled one. Like you pulled a heart shape box and I'm sure it was fucking sick, but I'm sure it felt a little less great than if you would have pulled it three years ago. 
I mean, a heart-shaped box to me is dollar signs. That's it. It does not interest well, me. It's the same. It's the same to me. But even then, like, I feel like, I mean, I get hyped off of posting shit too. Like, I mean, I get the thousands of likes. Like, I know, like, I'm, it's great. I understand that. But it's like, if I pulled a heart-shaped box tomorrow, the only reason I would be hyped is because I've never personally pulled one. But other than that, like, it wouldn't go like it wouldn't be as crazy as it would have been three years ago, like pulling it. Like it's because now everyone has one. Like it's it's normal, and it's kind of just like it's kind of made it to where it's just, it just means a little less, you know? Yeah, it means a little less. The sad truth. Shed a tear. <laughs> Shed a tear for the game. <laughs> uh, that's why I gotta take breaks, man. Because I get I get burned out on social. I get burned out on the t-shirt thing. Like pretty so often and it's like yeah i gotta fucking distance myself from it for a bit and then i come back and i get stoked to get on it and then i'll then i'll get burned and because there's just too much of it it's too much going on it's like i need to like take fucking quarantines yeah. from instagram feed man honestly like if i didn't have a big ass following i wouldn't post on instagram anymore like i don't even care to do it like i don't even put hashtags anymore like i don't like I don't even really care anymore. And I feel like it's because of that. Like, it's just so much less cool, like, to me. Like, it's just, no one's posting shit that they actually found. Like, no one's posting shit that they actually like. No one's posting shit that, like, they have a cool, like, story for. Like, people are just posting the same shirts over and over again. Like, and that's what a lot of people did say about virtual is you pretty much were just walking through lanes of copy and pasted boots because everyone had the exact same shit, exact same style of shit. Maybe like varying a few tees. Like there was like somebody had like a Xanax tee that probably no one else had, but that Xanax tee was $3,000 and it didn't sell. And it's like, you kind of just walked through and literally by the time you like fully looked at everyone's booth, you felt like you had looked at one big boot. Like, you felt like you just went to the F is in Frank booth at Rose Bowl and just looked through a thousand t-shirts compared to, like, if you actually go to Rose Bowl, you see a shit ton of t-shirts, but then you kind of stumble onto this person who's selling, like, boho girl stuff and, like, true vintage and, like, this guy's only selling denim. This guy's only selling, like, military. Like, you literally, like, you just walked through Instagram. That's what it felt like. And it was just, like, it made you not care as much. Like, it kind of just, like... You get you get like a decision fatigue. If you're like flipping through tees for like the whole day, you went through like five thousand yeah. tees on a rack. You're like, by the end of it, your brain is like, I don't even know if that's cool anymore. Like, what the yeah, fuck? you just like, you took just in way too much shit. Totally. And I feel like that's the problem. Is like, even if you had crazy shit, it's like no one bought it because they like the they don't know what's at the it. next one. Yeah, yeah, or the next guy had it and. That was the thing that was so funny is like me and my homies, like we kind of like ended up playing like a game to where we would go and ask this person how much the shirt was. We go to the other booth that had the exact same shirt and ask what they were asking. Go to the other booth, ask how much they were asking. And it was literally like this person's asking a thousand. This person's asking 15. This person says it's trade only. And it's like, why would you say it's trade only when there's three of them? And it's just like you like, why would I trade it with you at that point? It's just like. And I don't know. It's just so weird. Like, I don't know. I don't even know where I was yeah. going with that. It's a one-year but... span. The, the whole game is flipped. Let's get off this topic. I just want to say, shout out Chris for doing it. 
I think Chris, uh, you know, Chris I, killed it. Yeah, he killed it. It's, it's, it's a wicked concept and I'm glad he's doing so well. And, uh, you know, one thing I did want to mention when you talked about Jaden Smith thing earlier, did you guys actually sell together at the flea there? No, that time. No. But did you used to do that? Like selling together? Yeah. So we you like when you guys first started doing the Melrose thing, you both. Well, that's the thing. Like I wouldn't sell every, every weekend with Chris. Like I would kind of do it like every, like once in a while. And oh, every okay. time I sold there, it's impossible to get a booth at Melrose. And like Chris had a really good spot and he had a really good space and he had it every week. So it's like whenever I would want to sell at Melrose, like Chris would let me sell with him. And it yeah, was always yeah. fun. Okay, I have uh, questions from Instagram. Are you oh, ready? God. Are you I'm gonna ready? Shot, I'm gonna I'm gonna shotgun these, so I'm just gonna answer them and we can just run through them. <laughs> okay, this one's from two three nine vintage. Um, how do you feel about flash sellers and new people trying to make a quick buck? We kind of touched on this, but give it an answer. What does flash sellers mean? Like people just selling crazy? Yeah, shit? like people that no people that came in quick and like have just like bought into the game or like they're just like in and out or. I mean, that's so many people now. <laughs> I know. It's like half of everybody. Um, I think it's, to me personally, I think it's obvious. Like, uh, I'm not going to name names. I'm not that guy anymore. But I think it's obvious when somebody, like, doesn't actually care about any of this. And I, I honestly believe that if you are selling vintage and you have never put in full days at bins or flea markets or gone thrifting or like gone antiquing, like anything like that, then how can you really appreciate it? Like that's what all of us started as. Like all of us were like, Oh, we just like going to thrift stores and like seeing shit. Oh, like I'm digging at bins, like to make money for myself. Like it's, I don't, I don't buy into that whole, like, Oh, I'm a collector, even though I sell everything like type shit. Like I don't, I don't buy into it. I think, I think it's obvious when somebody just uh, they saw that they could become cool and they saw that they could make some money like doing vintage. So they invested 10 grand into buying 10 crazy ass shirts and then sold them for a little bit more and gained 10,000 Instagram followers. Um, that's me personally, though. I think yeah. it's fucking stupid. So I think it's obvious. You, you see through the bullshit. Those people are like, there's a lot of them out there. They're buying into the game. They're they're flashing the pan, I guess, and they're, they'll probably. I'll be just gone. say this: they're all the they're all like the obvious like little reality TV looking motherfuckers. Like they're all like the ones that are all loud and obnoxious that have been doing this since COVID. Like it's obvious. Um. Yeah. Anyways, next okay. Question. Next question. This one comes from George Coates underscore. Do you think any teas will ever sell for over a hundred k? Yeah. Okay. Just straight up, <laughs> yes. We got a yes. Yeah. From the I mean, why? Board. Why wouldn't they? Like, at some point, like it's it's not going to be fucking nineties shirts. It's it's going to be shit like what Sean has. Like, it's going to be like an original fucking Iggy Pop shirt from nineteen seventy three that there's five of, and like some billionaire that's like sixty five, like wants it because he went to the concert, like type shit. Like the shit, the shit that or, you put in a frame. Like some yeah, shit that you hang on your wall. Yeah. It's not going to be a heart shaped box hitting for 100K. And I mean, this is a crazy market. Vintage is a crazy market because, like Bitcoin, like it'll run out. Like, not necessarily vintage in general will run out, but vintage tees that are dope now will run out. Like, at some point, there's not going to be any more Fuji's bootlegs. 
And what happens when there's there's none left? They're all in collections. They're all destroyed. They're all cut at rag houses. They're all in landfills. Like there's going to be a time when that yeah. happens. Yeah, it's like it do- never runs out, but the supply slowly decreases as time goes yeah. on. So like we used to find so much more real vi- real denim, right? Like 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And now it's like so rare. So like it comes out once in a blue moon, but that the supply goes down as time goes on for sure. So yeah, it's definitely depleting source. Well, and that's why like good Levi's are like fucking crazy money now. Yeah, exactly. They hold, they held their value completely. Yeah. And so, I think yeah. like stuff like Raptees could hold their value because they're gen- genuinely dope. And all these people that are into it now and will be getting into it for the next few years, once they're like your age, so like in 20, 15, 10 years, even 30 years for some people, um, like they're going to be, you're not, they're not going to find them. Like you're not going to see them anymore. So you're talking so to, ten, to ten, like, year, uh, your 10 year olds. You make me sound so well, old, the, Terrence. I said for the next five years, they might get into it in five years when they're 15, Yeah, yeah, just play it. Um, um, so yeah. Yeah, it's There'll funny. I, I had this chat with Corby and he thinks like, he, you know, full court again, shout out. He was like saying he thinks this could keep running up because these, you know, eventually this is some kind of art. He, it, it, it's, it has art, yeah. uh, like, I don't know the word, but like you can view it like art, like an art goes up crazy. Right. So certain things over time, like have, um, attachment to peace, the times and culture, right? Like significant. I don't, I'm not a big fan of that. Like, I hate when people say that to me, like say that, like, Oh, it's an art piece. I understand like the, the idea behind it. I understand what Corby meant. I don't like it though. When people like, are like, Oh, it's art. It's an art piece. Like, (laughs) <laughs> the reason the reason art is worth so much is because it's the original by the artist. Like you're gonna try to compare fucking Mona Lisa to a Mona Lisa shirt. Like they're not even comparable. And it's like art is so great because it was made by somebody. And it's yeah, a but you should also like, even a pr- even a print a print from a certain artist can be worth. Prints like, aren't worth anything. Not always. Some prints can be worth bank if it's like the right prints. No. You're like, right. what, do you mean like, do you mean like lithos? No, I mean like, you know, if you have like an original of like one of a hundred print of something. That's a litho. And those like, those are worth like a thousand bucks. But like, you could have a litho of a Dolly. Like I have a few and like, they'll be worth like a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand. But the original's worth a hundred million. Like, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not an art guy. I don't know. Um, but I definitely could see like, going up but like you said i believe i believe i believe what you said like i thought i thought about this answer even before we we talked because i read these questions but it's like it has to have a provenance like it has to have a provenance to it like you said somebody wore it or it was like like a woodstock t-shirt that only the crew got like that shirt to me is like always going to go up because you're like that there was like 20 or 50 there's only 20 of them made Yeah. yeah And like somebody that can relate to it and be like, I worked at that fucking Woodstock and now they're millionaires and they're like, fuck it, like a hundred K for that. Like I need that shit. Like that could have been mine. And that, that kind of shirt could be in a museum. Like that kind of shirt eventually could be part of like an exhibit for Woodstock or something. But the only thing that I think can compare like merge art into t-shirts is one of one originals by artists. So like if you have a Don Rock tee who like people, I have his phone number. So it's Airbrush, like, this right? like, well, Don Rock did, did original screen printing in like the eighties for like butthole surfers. And oh, like okay. he had terror worldwide. 
So like he had his own like t-shirt business, but like he did all of his own screen work. Uh, he just has like crazy designs, crazy graphics. Um, anyways, but like if you give me like a one of one in 40 years of Don Rock, Don Rock's passed away and like there's no more. And this is like his one of one test print for this like crazy butthole surfer shirt. And it's the only one. That's the only time that I think it can compare because it's a true artist that has value and it's the only one. It's the original. So it's like, that's the only time I think it makes sense. Like if you have an original Michael Rios, Heaven Smiles, like his one of one that he only made for himself or he only made it for this specific friend or this specific artist, like that's the only time when I think it can compare. And then you look at like Lithos, which are like one of a hundred artists signed prints, proofs. Like that'll be like, okay, like, made these shirts for butthole surfers he made 500 of them they sold at this show there's 500 in existence he's passed away they are now worth fifty thousand dollars but this one of one that was made for one butthole surfer show for the lead singer of butthole surfers is worth a million dollars yeah like yeah. that's the only time that i feel like it can compare i like that you're an art guy what what's your uh like what's your most valuable or favorite art piece that you have do you have any originals Ooh. Yeah. Um, I don't have any like fucking I'm not I'm not rich. Like I don't have any crazy originals. Um but But I, I see you guys. You guys go antiquing, you go to estate sales, that's the kind of places you're gonna find like interesting pieces. Yeah. And you probably just buy what what speaks to you at the moment, right? Like whatever you like. Yeah. Like I have like an original uh Paul Maxwell piece, like it's only worth like twelve hundred or something. I have a lot of lithos, like I have Andy Warhol lithographs that are like one of a couple hundred or one of a hundred, a couple dollies that are like one of a hundred. I have this really cool, like Hanna-Barbera, it's actually right there, Hanna-Barbera Flintstones. That's one of, I think 500. That one's worth like, like two, three grand. Um, and I don't know. I just like art. Like I'm, my mom's an artist. Like I grew up around photography. Like I used to like take pictures a lot. My brother took pictures. I grew up looking at George O'Keefe books like i grew up liking basquiat i grew up liking artists um so i definitely like it but i feel <laughs> i just think that the whole t-shirt comparison to art is funny like it's not that i'm a big art head because i'm not like i can respect art yeah but, but you are more than a lot of people yeah i just i just think i grew up around it so now that i have like and that's the thing i've never hey man like I, I think i think your your description of your view on it was very succinct and like it makes total sense to me yeah so um i don't know what well, i don't know what my favorite one would be um okay well we're gonna move on then to the next question <laughs> this is uh at, uh at nw underscore relics we have do you think vintage has hit its peak and plateaued is it still going up or will it be going down oh man uh this is kind of like a weird question because it's loaded it's like Vintage as a it's whole is like it's very hard. Yes, talk about it as a I whole. think that vin I think that vintage right now is in a space that if somebody does the right thing, it could go extremely up. And if no one does anything, it could go down. Like I think if Chris I think Chris is in the perfect position to blow Instagram out. I mean blow Instagram, blow vintage out of the water, like and make it into a mainstream thing. Chris has built something around him that is marketable. He's already marketed it. He's already been in the process of doing bigger things with it. 
And I think if those bigger things are done correctly, it will definitely catapult vintage into like a mainstream fashion sense, kind of like a streetwear, like off-white Supreme type shit. Um, and if that happens, like obviously, like it's gonna go fucking crazy. But if no one does anything, which is very unlikely, then it could plateau. But I think that I think there's a difference. Like I feel like people that ask that kind of question, like they're talking about trends. Like is like is it plateauing or dropping if Disney shirts are now not worth anything when they used to be? Is it going up if only rap tees are worth more than they used to be? Like there's always highs and lows for different things. And there's always things that are becoming new and cool. Like there was times when like movie tees were selling for like fucking ridiculous money. And now you don't see them selling as much. Like there's only a few shirts, like a few styles of shirts that are continuously going up and up and up. And I feel like rap tees and bootlegs are, are one of them. But yeah, like, I mean, Disney tees that like everyone fucking wanted six months ago, like no one fucking cares anymore. Just like no one cared before. That was such a weird phase to me. Um, so yeah, yeah you're, you're right. Um, yeah, it, it's certain trends like vintage is in its essence fashion, and you kind of have like yeah. On one hand, you have fashion, and one hand you have collectability, right? And yeah. like it used to be more that it was just fashion driving it, and now it's like kind of this weird collectible side of it because people half of the people aren't even wearing them. There's so many shirts and closets that are never being worn right now. Well, that's um, the only that's the only thing that I think all of those little like cloud chaser like Instagram people that like have bought it just because they want to look cool. That's the only good thing I think they have added, and they added it like unknowingly. I feel like is now it's becoming to where since those people acted like they were into it and collected it, like it looked like they were collecting it because they liked it. When in reality, they were collecting it to post on Instagram and look dope and whatever for the most part. But now it's like it's um, it looks collectible because before it was people like me and you. And it's like we would buy shirts that we liked and wear them. But like we weren't spending five thousand dollars on them. Like we were going to be like, I'm going to fucking find this shit. Up. I'm going to yeah. find this shit one day. The like, only people, the only people that ever spent that kind of money on. Shirts, yeah, they were fucking celebrities and they only spent that because there's people we've talked about all this already. But like the stylist would be like, this guy's got fuck off money. I'm going to tax this guy three, four grand for a shirt because I know he's going to pay because I did all the work to go find it. No regular people paid those kind of prices until like a year ago. Yeah, I didn't. I think I don't. I think I sold one shirt for a thousand dollars to a regular person that just liked vintage and he was fucking rich. And then other than celebrities, like I'm not counting celebrities. He was just a a kid with a lot of money and he bought a shirt for a thousand dollars because he liked it and it was a crazy shirt other than that the only people that ever spent that much on shirts were other resellers that were just going to resell it like they're going to wear it once or twice and then sell it so it's like and it's still like that like it's still like vintage is still a buyer's is a seller's market like it's still the only people buying vintage right now are people that are selling vintage like there's not very many people that are like, oh, like I'm like I work for SpaceX and I make five hundred thousand dollars a year and I like vintage t-shirts. So I'm spending five thousand dollars a week on it. Like there's no one yeah. there's not for the most part, there's not very many people like that. That's why and, what you said, it's like we need, you know, you said somebody goes and does something that blows it up. And we need to have more people brought into the business to get to the next plateau or the next level, yep. right? 
we yeah. have to have regular buyers come into business. And that's going to take an event, something that's going to happen, that's going to get those people into our business, right? Yeah. So next question, and maybe one of my favorites. Why do you act like, okay. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this is from Gabriel <laughs> Gabriel Pinto Beans. Nice IG. Why do you act like you invented raffles? <laughs> you don't even do them anymore. This is just so ridiculous. I love it. I know. This this man is like two years late. Um, anyways, <laughs> I knew you were going to pull somebody asking some stupid shit. Uh, let's just, let's just be real. Um, I'm not as, as, uh, as cocky as I, I used to be for the most part. Um, but I, I will say this and I'll say this a thousand percent confident and it's just the truth. I didn't invent raffles. I was a thousand percent the first person doing raffles for vintage t-shirts though, on a regular basis. I don't, Drew, I don't even want to hear anything from you. I did it with Frankie. Like, no, I wasn't even going to say that. You already know. I, you already know that, but that's different. Anyways, I a thousand percent was the first person that was like, I'm going to I'm going to sell 10 spots for $10 a piece for this shirt and then pick a winner and they get it for $10. I didn't invent raffles. I've never said that. I've never acted that way. I've oh. literally, whenever people have ever brought it up to me and they, people try to say that shit. And I'm like, I didn't invent raffles. Like I've done sneaker raffles. I've been a part of it. And even sneaker raffles are nothing like that. But I know that like that idea of buying spots to try to win something for a cheap amount of money, that's not a fucking, like that's always been a thing. But in vintage, I was a I was for sure the first person to do it. Yeah. Like, uh, and if I wasn't to, first, to, in my eyes, you were, you were too, like you did it. And then it started to blow up and it had like a huge moment. It was huge. It was yeah. huge. And, and you like, know, a lot of, you know, a lot of people like, are getting banned off PayPal for the raffles now. Eh? If they catch you, oh, you get really? banned. Yeah. Really? Cause that's just illegal. I don't know. I didn't know how I didn't get caught. <laughs> Dude, I was doing fucking so many raffles. <laughs> um, I think my PayPal was just already getting so many gift payments though that it was just like they probably couldn't tell the difference. But um because it's essentially gambling and I guess the law is like yeah, no gambling. It's online it's online gambling. Yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, like even if there was somebody that did it before me like technically like I was doing that shit like multiple times a week like I was doing it for other people like it was I I made that shit a big fucking thing. And yeah. I don't care okay. what anyone says. I'm so taking my credit. Gabriel for Pinto Beans, Thrift Lord did invent raffles, okay? Next question. <laughs> and you're two and you're and you're two years late. Next question. Smart ass questioning. Um this is from Public Fines, okay, on IG. What is a T is that the, you do you know this guy? With a Q is it with a Q? I wrote it with a C, but I don't know, it might have been. With um, a C? Well, I wrote these out, so I don't know. I'll have to double check. No, like, okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is a tea that you would value at 10K now or in the future? There's a lot of shirts I would value at 10K. Um, I can tell you a personal shirt that I have that I value at 10K. My uh, Nirvana, this is not a Bon Jovi concert bootleg. That's like a perfect 2XO. Um, that shirt's a $10,000 $10, shirt, in my opinion. Uh, there's a lot. I mean, a I Bon know Jovi Nirvana bootleg? Nirvana in utero tour bootleg that says this is not a Bon Jovi concert. I'm oh, sorry. okay, okay. Has um, it got like col like colored print, like a rainbow print? Or? It no, it doesn't have a rainbow print. It's like a very like reddish orange like clay color print. 
but it's like the best Nirvana like bootleg that there is, in my opinion. I fucking love that shirt. I would never sell that shirt. Um, but that's a ten thousand. I mean, I know people that have sold shirts for ten thousand dollars. Like it's not, a, it's not a, a like a crazy thing. Um, I know people that have sold original like Nirvana like first run like nineteen eighty nine Nirvana tees for ten grand. Um, but I think that there's uh rap tees out there that are worth ten grand. I think that like cert- like you could get a very specific rap tee and like it would hit ten k. Um, Chico used to have an ODB bootleg hoodie that shit could hit fucking ten k because no one's ever seen it again other than that one. Um, I think there's just very specific shit that could be worth ten k. Like it's hard to name, but there's probably like very specific like movie shirts that would be like a perfect size. Uh, that you could sell for 10k i think there's very specific rap tees that you could sell for 10k um a lot of band tees that you could sell for 10k it's hard to name something yeah no it totally is and so if you could pick like say pick one t or genre right now that you think is going to get there someday what would it be i think it'll be rap tees first yeah okay because i mean i you remember in like 2016 when rap tees first started getting big and everyone was like these shits aren't going to last for like a year and then now they're like fucking they're still going and they're still the, the consistently most expensive shirts yeah there are and like to me it makes total sense because it is you know it's a cool part of american history and i always say this but it's like things that represent cool parts of our american history hold value because that's what uh, vintage is based on americana it's americana the denim is americana like workwear is americana T-shirts yeah. essentially are fucking Americana. It's like they represent like skateboarding is part of Americana, like Venice Dogtown days, you know, like these things are Americana. So there's probably tees, certain skate tees that could hit that much at some point. Yeah, I've sold skate tees for like upwards of three grand. And yeah, yeah I don't know if any are gonna hit 10k, you but fucking hope so. You fart? No, my chair. Oh. <laughs> that would be the first part on the podcast. <laughs> You had such a weird smirk after that. I was like, did this man just like old man fart? I'd be like, oh, I've, had, I've had to fart this whole hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This, this whole podcast, you just keep saying how old I am. I love it. Uh, okay. We have another smart-ass like question. You ready, you ready for a smart-ass question? Um, this is from Thrift Store All-Stars. How old were you when you invented vintage? I think this is think just a play on Thrift Lord. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, don't think that, uh, I don't think that that was. I don't think that that was like a, a shit talking question because I no. think that that I think I know that dude's Instagram. Like, I think he's always like shown a lot of support. Yeah. Um, and just for the record, guys, the vintage miner invented vintage, so you can ask him. We're not. We're not. We're not. No, we're not. We're not probably. going there. Um, um, okay, but this brings us to everybody's favorite time. I know you guys have all been waiting for this shit, talking about bid stitch. The oh, so platform. I don't even get to answer the question of when I invented vintage. Oh, you can talk. I thought it was a smart ass question, <laughs> but there's no answer. <laughs> what do you mean? You okay. didn't even you weren't even doing this shit before me. When did you invent vintage then? Let's hear it. So I was born uh for my father, Jesus Christ, and I am the only son of Jesus Christ. And I came out in a heart-shaped box tea that was tailored to fit a small baby. And ever since then, I have been Thrift Lord. 
yes. that is my answer. <laughs> okay, that is perfect. That is when Thrift Lord invented vintage from motherfucking birth. The moment he took his first breath, vintage. You all, you all thought that uh, that Nirvana came up with heart shaped box, but it actually it was a uh, little baby T Lord. So yeah, we can uh, we can go. Uh, okay, <laughs> moving on <laughs> to the bid stitch talk, Taryn. You want to kick Yo. this off? Give the people. Give the people the intro to BidStitch. What is it? So BidStitch is a new and upcoming selling platform. Um, no, like, I mean, it is, but BidStitch to me is like, it's going to be like a new, like, all-encompassing, like, fishnet of the mark of like the entire vintage community, if anything, like the entire market. Um, it's almost going to be like a one-stop shop for like all things that you could ever need. And it's like, if you need to sell shit, you're going to be on there selling shit. There's going to be auctions kind of similar to eBay, but with a much easier to use interface and much cleaner, uh, like look. And there's going to be obviously like buy it nows and like best offers and stuff. And then with the, the auctions is a big implement. And they'll be done right. And then it's going to be pretty much like very like specific type categorizing, which everyone knows that when you're looking for like certain things on like eBay or like Depop or like any other uh, platform, like it can get exhausting, like going through like five fucking thousand listings, like trying to find something. And so bid stitch is going to be extremely categorized to where like you're categorizing down to the tag down to the decade, down to the stitching, like down to the style of shirt, the genre of shirt, the color of the shirt, like literally like you're fucking, we're going to make it to where pretty much like if you search a shirt, like you're going to fucking find that shirt. And like, if it's on there, it's on there. And you're only going to see that shirt. You're not going to see a bunch of reprints of that shirt. You're not going to see a bunch of shirts that are like that shirt. Like you're going to see that goddamn shirt. And it's, gonna yeah like i don't like i kind of wish i didn't so, have to start so, it off yeah. yeah no that's cool Let, let's get into it deeper so we you know he covered that it's a selling platform it's a buying platform but it's also going to be a hub for everybody to get on there that we're gonna have a forum which is going to be a huge thing for everyone to to get on and talk shit and have fun get price checks yeah. you know use like a like a facebook group or whatever your finds you. Yeah, and uh, also going to have a lot of content. We want it to be like a news source. We are going to have creative people um, producing content, producing blog posts, producing videos, um, you know, educating people. We're also look if you're interested in getting involved in any way on that end too, like we're looking for people to get involved. So we really want it to be like a hub for the community. But the big kicker is that this is going to be a non-transactional fee-based platform. So it is a monthly subscription platform that is allowing sellers to pay a low monthly fee of $9.99, guys, which is ridiculous, which allows you to sell 100 bucks or $100,000 a month. There's no cap on it, and we don't take any more money. BidStitch takes no more money. You just pay your nine ninety nine. Yeah. So basically, this the, the the system as it stands now is is backed by PayPal payments, um, PayPal backend, and that is for total seller protection because we're not trying. And you guys don't want to lose your money if you don't have. You know. Yeah. Uh, nobody really wants to buy friends and family if they don't know you because they they can lose. And then there's no protection for the seller that way. It's a bad system. So 
obviously there has to be a payment processing fee and it's going to be PayPal. Even myself, like I run my own websites and you run a website, you pay a payment processing fee on your site. There's no way to avoid a payment processing fee. Yeah. Like there's, and that's like, that has nothing to do with like the platforms and like, it's, it's not a commission. It's just a payment processing fee. So yeah, that was a big question people ask. You have to do it. That's it in a nutshell, but let's get into some of the questions. Um, basically, the platform is rolling out in a couple months, and you know we don't have a set date yet. It's it's in development right now. It's looking really good, and we um, within a couple months it'll be it'll there be will be a lot more features. We have a whole plan of features coming on board that we're not even going to talk about on here. But that shit's got to roll out. You got to wait. But we're gonna do. We are gonna get into a few questions and answer some of the stuff everyone's been wondering. Um, do you have to subscribe to the site? No, you don't have to subscribe to the site. You, ha- if you want to sell, you have to subscribe to the site. You can browse the site, no subscription, and you can buy with no subscription. You're going to have to sign up to buy like any site, but there's no, you don't have to pay to be a buyer. Buying is free. Of yeah. course. You just have to make an account to buy. And then once you make an account, you can choose to open up a shop. And once you open up a shop, that's when you have to pay your subscription and that's when you can sell. So if you're just like going on there to buy shit, like a regular person, you don't have to pay anything, which is dope. Yeah, totally. We want all the shoppers. We're not going to charge you to shop. Come on. Um, Next question is, is the platform really for uh, those with strong social media followers? That was kind of confusing because we are going to have a, um, like a vetted, uh, what's it called that we're doing with the, Sellers, what the verification like, verification yeah so we're verifying sellers but you do not have to have a strong social media following to sell on bid stitch it's not about that and <laughs> you know we want to have the smallest instagram sellers on there we want to have the big guys on there it's really about everyone being able to share this space you know if you think about it if this if we can rally the community to really get behind this which we already have and really make this thing amazing and put all uh, put tons of good product on there. The buyers are going to come. The buyers will go wherever the product lies. It's basic. Thank you. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's so many people like, and to like add on to the whole like uh, like big page thing. Like a lot of people are also like thinking like this is made for people with big pages. I don't know if that's because like you and me are involved and like we have like decent followings, but like. If anything, this is the exact opposite. Like, if you have a big following, like, you can sell on Instagram. Like, and that's fine. But it's like, if you don't have a big following, you need a platform to sell your stuff for the most possible money. And that's what this is for. Like, I don't know why people have the weird assumption that it's like, this is made to only benefit people with 50,000 followers. Because it's just like, that doesn't make sense. It's actually going to benefit the small guys more because you think about it if the big guys are on there yeah and they're driving their traffic to to bid stitch which they're going to be doing then you're going to catch a lot of other people's traffic with your small following and the other thing that is important to mention is like a lot of websites depop um grailed i've never sold on a lot of these but i'm I'm pretty sure this is accurate ebay um all the uh, etsy like we're allowing you to promote your ig through the site so you can like, you can hit people, you know, we don't care what you, you can hit people with your IG, you can put in your profile, all that shit is fair game on here. So you can promote and get a bigger following. 
because we don't make any money on your transactions. We're only getting the, yeah. the $9.99 subscription $10 from the sellers. So we're happy for you guys to build your following through the platform. Exactly. And it's like, we want you to like sit there and like build your following because as your following grows and if you're still selling on BidStitch, the more followers you get, the more people you're driving to BidStitch you see. And so it's like, if you start on BidStitch and you have a thousand followers and then all of a sudden you get to like 5,000 and once you have that traction going, you're going to get, you're going to start getting Instagram followers just from Instagram. It's going to have nothing to do with BidStitch. And let's say you get to 20,000 and you're still driving people to BidStitch. That's more buyers coming to BidStitch to help out the other small accounts that are getting on there. And so it's like, yeah, people's like argument for like, it's only like for big accounts. Like it doesn't make any sense. Pretty much like, I think that that argument is also fucking hilarious is people like sitting there trying to say like, oh, like it's all going to be sellers. Like there's going to be no buyers. And it's just like, you realize vintage right now is the only people buying are sellers for the most part. Like people buying thousand dollar shirts are not regular fucking people. Like they're vintage sellers for the most part. And then also like the more people that are selling on there are the more people that are pretty much giving more product to be seen by regular people to come on there and buy. And then also they're going to be driving people from their other platforms to come onto BitStitch, thus driving more people to come and buy on there. So it's like, if there's sellers on there, there's going to be buyers because sellers are buyers. And yeah, and, and like, like it, most of the people right now, anyway, you're already selling to mostly other sellers. So what difference yeah. does it make if you're selling to mostly other sellers anyway? And like go do a live auction and how many people that buy something from you on a live auction have vintage Instagrams, like are selling shit. All of them. 90% at least. One of the questions we'll get into. Well, first of all, before I get into that, I want to talk about this quickly. You know, why why do we want you to come on to BitStitch? Well, we want you to come on to BitStitch because it's going to be a rad platform and we want to get everybody involved. But why should you come on to BitStitch is because you know, so much of what everyone's doing right now is selling on live, right? There's like 20 lives a night on my feed. It's crazy. I don't even tune in because I can't even handle it. It's like over overload, right? And, you know, yeah, there's great money being made through these lives. And I appreciate that. And I think it's fun. And I think it's something to be done like here and there. But, you know, the goal should always be like we talked about investing. The goal should be making money while you sleep. If you are not if you are not on live and that's your sole income, you're not making money. It's exhausting. It's tiring. It's like, it's crazy. So you need exactly. to have something that's bringing you good money while you sleep or while you're on vacation in Hawaii. Like, and that is having your shit on a platform. And then you got to think too, the bonus is that we're taking such a, we're only taking nine ninety nine a month. If you know, there's sellers out there right now doing 200 grand or like hundred grand or whatever on eBay. And like, they're paying like 10, 15 grand a year in fees. Like that's, that's 10, like, 15 grand a month for yeah, some like, of them. It's crazy. So you think like that's more money in your pocket, more money you can put into crypto, more money you can put in the stock market. Like, like imagine if you're selling like 10, $15,000 a month on eBay, you're losing a thousand to 1500, like, which you might want to be like, Oh, that's not that much money. Would you rather go and spend ten, like a thousand to fifteen hundred, or would you rather spend ten dollars? Like, what's like, yeah, what would you rather do? And it's like, and this is a whole another thing. And uh, I'll talk about the lives first since you brought it up. Um, 
again, just like Drew said, like those shits are fucking exhausting. Like selling on live is it's fun, but it's it's very tiring. And again, like if you're not selling on the live, you're not selling. So why not sell on BidStitch and then sell on lives too? Like there's no like we're not saying you have to only sell on BidStitch. Would you rather spend ten dollars a month or would you rather spend thousands of dollars a month on fees or even hundreds of dollars a month, even twenty dollars a month on fees? Would you rather spend ten dollars a month or twenty dollars a month? It's like, let's be real. And also, it's just like selling on lives is becoming so like oversaturated and played out to a sense that Chris will make it past all of that. Chris has built something that will make it past all of it. But at some point, no one's going to fucking watch those shits anymore. And no one's going to want to sit there and have to watch some guy sell a bunch of garbage for a fucking hour straight hoping that the next guy that comes on, they have shit that you want. And then let's say like you tune off because this guy's selling garbage and then the next guy has great shit and you missed it because you're not constantly on there. And then let's say like you're bidding on something and if you look away from your phone for 15 seconds too long, it's gone. It's so like you have to be fucking like literally like just locked in the entire time. And if you're not, like you're going to miss shit and you're going to bid too late or you're just going to straight up miss it in general, or you're going to like get off for five minutes to go take a shit or like go eat. And then all of a sudden, like the shirt that you actually had been waiting the entire hour of this person set for sold. And then it's gone. And it's just like, just go on fucking bid stitch and type in the fucking shirt you want and buy it and bid on it. It's just like, it's just so much easier. And it's like, Lives are great because they're fun. They're very community-based. They're very, like, for the most part, like, let's be real, like, it's going to be a lot less stressful selling on a fucking You want to have passive income. Passive passive income. income. You know, it's like you want to be able to kick back and know that a certain amount of money is coming in all the time. And, like, you know, there's been so many questions, like, judging us and doing all this, like, validating and whatever. You know what? You know what? The bottom line is, like, there was questions about where the money comes from for this. There is no outside money coming into BidStitch. This is all like literally like there's this isn't some venture capital shit. Like this isn't like somebody gave us $500,000 to come and do this. Like this is all like independently made money. Like this is all from the inside. Like everyone that's part of this that you've seen posting it is truly part of this. Like we're not getting like you really think like no offense, but like anyone who's followed me for a long time, you really think I'm just going to fucking sell out for thousand dollars a month to post something that like i have nothing to do with like i don't need the money like i don't need that fucking money that somebody would pay me to talk about something like i could literally like i mean it's yeah so like it comes back it comes back no we don't need the money like this comes back to like a passion project per se like this is more of a passion project for myself for taryn for everyone else involved um because this is something that we can get behind something that we can do something that we we're actually giving back because it's kind of, you know, we are taking the power back from these massive corporations that keep jacking the fees and keep We're literally raising helping their bottom you. lines. Yeah, literally so helping you. It's a community-based thing, and we want to. You, you guys all know me. I do this podcast to share information, and I'm interviewing people to help you guys grow your businesses. Basically, like and we, Drew's not getting any. Like he's sitting here for two hours, and he's getting nothing out of it except getting to see my ugly face. Yeah, so it's like a nice chat with Darren. That's. that's <laughs> Like, that's what I'm saying. It's just like, y'all want to act like this is some crazy, like, big plan, like conspiracy theory shit. We're out here. We're out here building this together. We're out here, you know, and it's going to be, 
you know, and, and it's not going to be, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Like anytime anybody does anything, you don't know, there's going to be things that come up. We're going to have to tweak things. We're going to have to fix things. We're going to have to figure this out together. And we're going to take feedback from everyone who gets involved and gets on. Um, but you know, we have plans to make this thing fucking crazy. Sing, sing. It's going to be And that's crazy. the thing, like, and that's the thing that a lot of you need to start realizing and start like getting behind is that this is a startup. Like this isn't fucking, this isn't five years in, like this is literally like you guys are going to be able to be part of something from the first day on. So it's like that first day, like you can't expect it to be fucking perfect. And it's like, even if it's not, you're going to be able to sit there and contribute to making it better and contribute to growing it. And what happens when this shit is like actually crazy and you can sit there and be like, I was the third person selling on that, on that platform. Like, you yeah, might like, not like, for example, for example, look at, um, look at Sam, um, from on his, the Depop account. He was early on Depop, right? And he has like a crusher account because he was one of the first guys. And like, like that's how this will be. Followers. Yeah. And he, you should see how much shit he ships every week. It's crazy. You, sh- if you truly like, were passionate about this and passionate about your own business, it should be dope as fuck to you to be like somebody in my community and somebody that does what I do is building something dope and I can be on it from the jump and I can show support from the jump and I can grow while it grows and contribute to making it grow. Like if that doesn't sound dope to you, like don't sign up. Like I'll say this is, uh, and about the money too. It's like, you know, there's going to be We're a not long, get that much money. There's going like, to well, yeah, there's, there's be so, there's going to be such a long period of time where all the where money yeah, gets reinvested into making this better for you guys. It's all going to go back into making this better for you guys until we have a crazy, crazy product that we can all be like super, super proud of. So another question was, how do you guys handle offsite transactions? And this is a good one because this is kind of like a lot of, companies a lot of platforms yeah a lot of platforms fucking hate on that you get banned from ebay if they see that you mess because someone they're losing you yeah they're losing money because they're getting transactional fees but again like this is subscription based so if you sell something on instagram it doesn't change anything for us you paid us our monthly fee that's all we wanted from you was ten dollars a month to list your stuff on here so if somebody messages messages you saying hey like let me like PayPal gift you the money so you don't lose on that that PayPal fee. Two percent. <laughs> like why why would we care? Because you already paid us the ten dollars for the month. Like that transaction that you just did outside of Bitstitch affects us this much. So yeah, it's, it's, like, it's actually so funny because it's it's almost irrelevant. So if, if you're doing the only thing you would gain from doing offsite transactions is the two percent PayPal transaction fee. Three percent, yeah. Three, yeah, three percent. But is, isn't there still a small friends and family fee, or no? Is it zero? No, I don't think there's a friend. Yeah, okay. And okay, so I want to get into this though for a second. So yeah, so the only thing you're gonna lose from lose from doing the PayPal fee would be three percent, but you're protected, or you can do it off, doesn't matter to us, and you can go the unprotected route, whatever, we don't mind, do your thing. But I want to yeah. talk about this. So I've heard rumors and talk within PayPal and talk not like I talk to PayPal directly, but people in the business. PayPal starting to crack down on friends and family fees. Do you know how much money within the vintage community has been transacted friends and family? Like if you, if you, you yeah, I did hear PayPal's cracking and they're going to, I think they're going to limit tr- friends and family transactions to 10 K a year is what I heard. Ooh, that'd be terrible. So that's, if that comes, there's no difference anyway. 
Yeah, that'd be terrible. Because they, but, they um, lose because they lose a lot of money. But whatever. Yeah. It's not our it's not but, our um, yeah, like again, like it doesn't it doesn't change anything. And that's the thing, like you all have to start fucking realizing that like those platforms, like they want your money. That's what they want. You're literally you mean nothing to them. And not saying that like some random person on BitStitch is gonna really mean anything to me, but it's like at least you I'm somebody you can relate to. I'm somebody that you know who I am. Like you watched me grow, like if you followed me for any amount of time. And we built like, this for them. And we understand directly. you. Yeah. Like we know what sucks. We know what's good. We know what's stressful. We know what's annoying. Like this is an entire and like that's why I always say like this is by the community for the community. This was built by people like Drew, like me, like others that understand you, that have been doing this for years and, I mean, decades for Drew because he's like a thousand years old. Yeah, old and, man over here. A parent's dad at dad's age, so. <laughs> and, like, we we understand you. Like, we can you can sit here. Like, do you think eBay's fucking, like, creator or CEO, like, would sit here and talk about T-shirts? No. Do you think Depop's would? And Depop is primarily t-shirts and like vintage and shit or grailed like streetwear and vintage. Like, they're, no, like they don't even know what the fuck that is. They don't care. And so it's just like, you kind of need to just pick like, who would you rather truly support? Like somebody in your own community that you can relate to. You don't even have to like me. You don't even have to like Drew, <laughs> but it's more about building your own community. Yeah, exactly. And like, there's been such a good response so far for the most part. And we're super pumped, you know, we're super pumped. And uh, thank you guys, whoever's signed up and whoever's followed the BitStitch account. If you haven't, and you're listening to this, go bidstitch.com. You can put your email in to be notified when we're about to launch. And then also go follow the at BidStitch account. Um, and also, just, if you sign up, you have a chance of it being on the beta launch to be one of very totally. few people to test the site before it launches yeah so there'll be there'll be a handful of people picked to get on like a week or two before official launch to test beta but then the bonus is you're going to get to have your product on on launch day which is going to be huge and you'll also have a chance to be buying on beta from people like me and the other sellers and people like drew that and i don't know about everyone else but i plan on throwing like a not a crazy amount of pieces but a decent amount of pieces and i plan on only putting out steals for the most part like and i'm and gonna the put words a of lot Taren, of good prices he's gonna be shitting on everybody on launch day. shitting on you <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, on launch day i'm going fucking crazy like best believe on launch day i'm putting hundreds of t's that are all fucking wild and like i'm just gonna like allow everyone to go crazy so if you're a buyer or you're a collector or you're somebody that wants to buy cool tees, if you're not there on launch day, you're going to be missing out. Yeah. So even the buyers go sign up on the websites to be notified when we launch, like get on that email list. It's super important that you get notified because you want to be there on launch day for sure. And yeah, thanks again, everyone that signed up. The response has been dope. You know, there's a lot of questions going to come out. There's a lot more features. Like we, we went through a small list of questions, but there's a lot more features we're going to be launching in like the coming weeks. And then after launch, there's more features we got planned for like next level drops, right? So it doesn't just end here. We've basically told you like the tip of the iceberg here and there's lots more we got planned. So get with it. Get with it. Go sign up. 
Is there any other questions? For the bid stage? I forgot if there was something else I needed to I forgot if there was something else I needed to rant about. No, I, we covered everything. Well, shit. Well, motherfucker. So that brings us to the end of this amazing episode of Vintage and Stuff. The show was long. How fucking long was it? I don't know, dude, but I feel like it was good. I had a good chat. <laughs> I feel like this had to have been like two hours. Oh, yeah. Dope. It's been people like, it. it's been, people ask, yeah, like two people hours. People ask me for longer episodes. But yeah, I mean, um, thanks for thanks for having me on. Um, it was fun. If anyone wants to hear me rant and talk shit, uh, let me know. And yeah, when it comes to bid stitch, um, make sure you're on there. Like you're literally like this is this is built for you. Like I'm, we're not bullshitting when we tell you that. Like this isn't some fucking grand scheme. Like this isn't like anything. Don't overthink it. Like this is literally yeah. what we're telling you. It is is what it is. Like it's literally it's that simple. Yeah. And go on there, make your money. Only have to spend ten dollars a month. Go on there and kill it. And I, I hope people uh, tell me how much they're saving on on fees. Like how much they, like we're making on eBay and losing in fees, and then now how much they're making extra. Because like just think, like if you're losing a thousand a month on random fees throughout multiple pro- platforms, like invest that. All right, I want somebody to do this. I want somebody to do this, Drew. And I feel like you can push it, and you can find some young kid to do it. Um, I want somebody who is a big eBay seller or a big Depop seller, any platform that you lose fees. I want you to like average out your fees for the past like six months or something, and then start selling on BidStitch and all of the fees that you save, invest that shit and see how much money you make in 10 years, 20 years. I'm going to run some numbers. I'm going to go into like a uh, compound interest calculator. I'm going to show you guys. I'm going to post on my IG a compound interest calculation of some possible scenarios of money you can save invested in the like 500, 500 a month. Yeah, yeah. 500 a month. Dude, you could be a millionaire with 500 a month invested, like in not that long of a time. We're running the numbers. So Taryn, any last shout outs on the, sh- uh, thank yous. We got to shout out your wifey, Lisa. Lisa's right here. She's drinking a cacti and both the dogs are literally laying on top of her. Oh, um, nice. I still haven't eaten dinner, so I'm hungry. Um, so shout out, shout out Lisa for the for the food. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I have any. I don't know if I, I don't know if I care about anyone else. That's good enough. That's good enough. <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you for coming on. We're gonna call it there. <laughs>